welcome to MCU Completely. It's the podcast where we talk about all the Marvel movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Crystal, and with me is Luke. You had me at high. <laughs> Luke. Yeah? Before we begin, I have one very important question for you. Yeah, what you got? What's up? Uh, well... Uh, not a whole lot. They finally announced that they're adapting, uh, part five of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to an anime. So I'm, I'm really walking on sunshine these past few days. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. How's the JoJo's? That's the one where they're in Italy. And the main JoJo, who's, instead of JoJo, he's Giojo because it's G-I-O-G-I-O. And he wants to be the gang star, the best mobster who ever lived. Now, what year is this set in? That one's set, I think, in like 2000. Yeah, it's set in 2001. Yeah. Okay. Because it's two years after part four. Uh, and yeah, he's got to go, the first half of it, they got to go on a mission to find the best mob boss's uh, treasure. And then when they have it, they got to like deliver it to him. And then they find out they don't like him very much. He's not a nice guy, so they got to kill him. But he's got a real spooky uh, ghost monster that he controls with his mind. It's no good. It's called King Crimson. It's mean. It's got two faces right on its head. It's got like its face. And then on its forehead, it's got like a smaller version of its face. Bad to look at. I understand. You've explained this uh, vividly. (laughs) Also, he does drink piss very early on in the story, and I can't wait to watch that animated. Oh, it's just like the movie we watched. Wait, did someone drink piss in this movie? No. Oh, okay. How is it just like the movie we watched then? It isn't. Okay. (laughs) Great. What's the movie we watched? Well, uh, you know, I watched a really great superhero movie this week. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. I watched The Incredibles too. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. I just saw it today. That wasn't the movie I told you to watch for uh, this podcast that we do, Luke. Wait, was it not? Kind of, uh, you know, Fuck. expecting you to have seen The Avengers. Wait, what's The Avengers? Well, uh, do you mean Marvel's The Avengers? Yes, Marvel's Avengers Assemble. Well, I don't think that's what it's called. But it, but the word Marvel's is directly in the title and the title card. Yeah, no, it is it is Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah. I don't. Why'd they do that? Was this like when they were in the middle of being bought by Disney or something and it was some weird branding thing? No, it's because there's another movie called The Avengers. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, and I see Marvel Avengers Assemble is what it was called in the United Kingdom and Ireland. Yeah, there was uh, The Avengers, a 1998 film and adaptation of the British television series of the same name. Huh, okay, okay. All right, so that's why, yeah, that's why it's different in Britain. That makes sense. Yeah, I watched that movie also. It was, uh, it was good. I, this is a good movie. Yeah, it's based on the uh, Nook meme, also referred to as the Avengers or the Jewish Avengers, a Jewish partisan militia which hunted down Nazis. Is that true? That's true. Wait, the TV show or the movie? But the, well... Wait, are we, are we talking about Marvel Avengers or the British Avengers? Now I'm getting very confused. I like to think that the Marvel Avengers were based on that. Okay. Okay. Since they were written by just a couple of Jewish guys. That, I mean, that part is true, but I do feel like maybe they wrote all these other characters, you know, first and kind of just needed a cool... Maybe that's where they got Maybe that's where they got the name from? I don't know. Yeah. All right. There's also uh, the Vendicatori, an Italian secret society mm-hmm. uh, from the 12th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's got, like, Tony Stark in it, though. And, and, like, and like, Black Widow. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hawkeye, F- Philip Coulson. 
Son of Cole. There's also Avengers, an American punk rock band, not to be confused with The Avengers, a New Zealand rock band. So I think what we're getting at here, there's a lot of things named Avengers. Right. That's why they had to clarify this is Marvel's okay. The Avengers. All right. I'm convinced. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think about this movie, Crystal? That was pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the thing you always ask me. What was your, like, relationship with this movie? Uh, I was looking forward to this movie a lot after I watched Captain America the First Avenger, mm-hmm. which was my favorite one at the time. Yeah. And then I saw it in theaters. Yeah. And I waited in a big line for the midnight release. Okay, you were, you were right there. Yeah, and I came out of it very positively. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I sort of mentioned it that once this movie hit Netflix, I just watched all the MCU movies up to that point and then watched this. And I was like, ah, that was pretty good. And then kind of moved on with my life and didn't think about it very much. So you were not part of the zeitgeist anticipation of this film. I really wasn't. Um, like I said, it was something where this is a neat idea that they had like individual movies for all these heroes and then like the big crossover movie. So I was curious, but I wasn't like, you know, champing at the bit to see it. Yeah, this was the first one of these that made a fuck ton of money. Yeah, this um, this is the movie that like changed the way movies work. Yeah, people started trying to do this cinematic universe thing after this one. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's worked out really great for everybody who's tried to copy this. Is that sarcasm? I mean, no. What, what do you mean? I think the the DC expanded universe does does a great job. The universal dark universe, excellent. Uh, that one didn't go so well. That one, they gave up after one try. <laughs> I like the DCEU. I will admit I've only seen one film in the DCEU, the first Superman movie they did, and I hated it enough that I haven't given them a second chance. I mean, yeah, that's the worst one. Okay, well, it was bad enough that I don't want to watch any more of them. Okay. Ugh. I, I guess that's what I'll have. What we'll have to do when we run out of Marvel movies eventually. <sighs> yeah, this this movie is some might say unprecedented because there's never really been a movie thing where a bunch of characters from other movies got together in one big movie. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I'm trying to think of anything even kind of similar. And like the first example I thought of was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is not the same thing. That no, that's not the same thing at all. No, but I mean, it's a similar. It's 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 similar in that it's like a big crossover movie, but it's not even sort of like this type of thing. No. Um. Yeah. Uh, the thing I kept thinking about watching it this time was trying to figure out how well this movie would work if you, if it was just like, they just made this and none of the five movies we watched up to this. I, I would, I think pretty well. I think it actually mostly works just fine without those five movies. I think structurally this movie is very well executed because it basically works as a sequel to any of the previous movies. Yeah. And you can consider any of the big four Avengers to basically be the main character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the biggest issue I have with this movie is mostly just, I think, the final... I think the final, like, big fight in Manhattan takes a little too long. It drags a little for me. But also, like, yeah, it's the big culmination of this huge thing, and you want a really big bombastic climax but i don't know i i did start to feel a little bored part way through it there's moments in that fight that i think are awesome like the there's one shot that we'll probably circle back around to later on where it's just this like continuous take of like panning through the city to show all the avengers fighting and like sometimes they just randomly bump into each other and do a combo move together and then the camera moves on to like two more guys do 
doing something. And that is a fantastic moment. But also that's like, you know, 15 seconds out of a, what, like 20 minute long fight. Yeah, it's also just all so much on the bigger scale than any of the other phase one climaxes, half of which are just one-on-one fights. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it, like, watching this movie now, it can sort of be hard to remember what it was like in 2012. Yeah. Because some of the novelty of seeing all these characters together in a very big action climax has worn off. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think the other, I really like that this movie, um, for like a pretty long stint of it, tried to almost be like a bottle episode where they're all just hanging out on the helicarrier. Yeah, pretty much all of Act 2 is that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it when we're going more scene by scene through it. I like that idea a lot and parts of it really work well for me. The fact that like the idea is that Loki's scepter is fucking with everybody almost there's a there's like one or two scenes where they make like a jump in like character interaction. I'm like, wait, what? That like you can explain because they're all being like low key. Oh, there you go. There's a good pun there. Uh, you know, low key manipulated by low key. But I don't know. It, they like jump from sort of agitated with each, uh, with each other to hating each other faster than I would like them to. But then I realized that I think the version of this movie I want is just two hours of them arguing in a laboratory, and that's not a movie anyone other than me wants to watch. I mean, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know if that would have, you know, broken box office records. Do you want to dive into it here? Yeah, so I mean, we open on a big speech, a big evil speech. Yeah, this is another movie that's got, like, multiple openings. Yeah, they keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, some aliens, uh, the main alien's called The Other. Is that what that guy's called that, like, gets all in Loki's face? Yeah, the guy with two thumbs. The, the like, leader of the Chitari, I guess. What what are the Chitari, Crystal? Because I don't know them from comics. They're robot aliens. Okay, so they're really not, like, a like a race of aliens with, like, their own interests and shit. They're just kind of like, here's a robot army to stick on whatever you want to. Not in this universe. I don't believe they have, like, culture. They're more like uh, the collectors from Mass Effect. Okay, sure. All right, yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, but he's talking about how they found the Tesseract. Yeah. It's on Earth, and Earth is a puny world that's easy to take over. Bunch of little wimpy shitheads on that planet. We're going to give our ally, Loki, the scepter, and he's going to steal the Tesseract for us and then he can have Earth, which is fine because you, Master, will rule the entire universe. Yeah. And we're not going to learn who this Master is until the very end, but it's it's everybody's favorite Purpleman, Thanos. Yeah, uh, back in Phase 1, I did not, like, micro-analyze these movies in the same way I do now. Sure. But I, I think this is, like, a good arc for the Tesseract to have over this, like, year of three films where you see it briefly in Thor. Yeah. Oh, what role will this play and then you kind of see how it came into play in captain america Mm -hmm. and then they're paying it all off here yeah i think they do a pretty solid job with the the tesseract sort of through line here but then we get our second opening where we're at shields like facility and uh nick fury is like marching in because something he's gotten a call in like the middle of the night that something spooky happened the tesseract like turned itself on He's like, uh, you know, he's kind of like yelling at people about why didn't they like watch it better. They're like, no, it just fucking did its own thing. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, we couldn't pull the plug because it's an energy source and just turned itself back on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets down there and like Hawkeye is down there. Um, The Hawk. The Hawk. (laughs) And uh, 
<laughs> Dr. Eric Selvig's down there. He's yeah, working on yeah. the thing. Nick Fury yells at Hawkeye, like, I thought I told you to keep an eye on this. Because he's, like, squatting in a corner up in, like, the <laughs> top. He goes, I, get it. I can see better from far away. <laughs> see, because he's, like, a sniper guy. Do you get it? <laughs> and Hawkeye suggests that because the Tesseract is a door to space where they're stealing space energy, yeah. maybe someone's trying to open it from the other side. Which... It seems like someone should have considered that before now, but you know, whatever. Well, maybe they just found out that it's a space thing yesterday, because like you said, in the first Avenger, it wasn't really treated as a space thing. Right. It just shot out blue energy at shit. But here, it, its power is firmly rooted in transportation. Right. It's So I guess the idea is that it is like siphoning energy from space and then like firing it out. And that's where all the like power is coming from. Yeah. The, the it's a little housing even kind Kind of looks like the arc reactor. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it starts to kind of get all glowy, and it shoots a laser out, and Loki's here now. He's back. Yeah, it opens a wormhole where Loki steps out. Yeah, he's got like a cool staff now, though. Yeah, his hair's longer, and he's hot. <laughs> I can't speak to that part, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, who's like Nick Fury's like assistant? The the lady in, I forget her name. Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Okay, yeah. She's just kind of. I like her in this movie. She's not in it very much, but I don't know. I kind of like her. I like Loki in this movie because he's still like in Thor one doesn't really know what he's doing. Right. And is kind of playing it by ear. Yeah. Yeah. But he's he's decided to take up the role of the evil conqueror. Yes. Uh, which we're going to eventually learn the idea is that Thor likes the Earth and Loki doesn't like Thor, so he's going to fuck up the Earth because fuck Thor. Yeah. But Loki starts walking around and monologuing about how he has come to bring humanity freedom. From what? From freedom. Yeah, he gives uh, Assassin's Creed villain speeches. <laughs> it's very Assassin's Creed. You're right. <laughs> he shoots men with lasers from his spear and he stabs him with the spear and he throws knives at them. Yeah. And general generally is very good at killing these puny humans. Right. And sometimes he just pokes a guy in the chest and their eyes go all gross and then they just are really into Loki. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye does manage to shoot Loki in the head, but it doesn't do anything because yeah. he is a Yotun. Sure. Yeah. Loki likes Hawkeye's heart, so he takes it over. Uh, he also takes over Eric Selvig, which I thought he'd already done, but, you know, someone might not have seen Thor. Well, no, he was subtly influencing Eric Selvig from beyond space, but now he fully controls him. Okay, sure. I like the portrayal of mind control in this movie because uh-huh. they are perfectly obedient, but they're not mindless. Yeah, they're not just like zombies doing what he wants. It's just he changes it so that their allegiance is towards him now. Yeah, but they still like they have emotions they joke around yeah yeah i agree that's that's a good way to go like even when they get the mind control broken later they remember everything from when they were mind controlled yes and this will come up in thor too oh, okay great nick fury is trying to get in like a ideological argument with loki while he sets up the base to self-destruct and i again like to your point the mind control is really great in this movie because hawkeye is just immediately like no dude i i used to work for him before you you know heart blasted me he's here's what he's doing in great detail we should go i like that nick fury immediately pegged loki for what he is and knows that he can distract this guy by getting into a, a debate with him yeah yeah that's kind of an ongoing thing in this movie like loki is supposed to be this very clever like trickster and everyone constantly plays him <laughs> 
So yeah, the the Tesseract has made a big energy cloud that's gonna implode the whole building. So they gotta get out of there. We get this whole like Joss Whedon, who directed this movie, I guess, really likes the first Metal Gear Solid because we get like the escape sequence from that game where they're like shooting at each other from jeeps down this like long underground tunnel. Yeah, I guess it is like Metal Gear Solid. It's very much like Metal Gear Solid, which I'm all right with, but. The long and short of it's Loki escapes. It's it's a pretty good little action scene to, to get the movie started. We see S.H.I.E.L.D.'s base completely, like, implode because Nick Fury tried to catch him in the explosion. Yeah, it's good at establishing that S.H.I.E.L.D. is not able to take Loki down by themselves, and they need help. You know, it's it's a day unlike any other. It's a, it's a foe no single superhero can withstand. Dang. We get some, like, yeah, just lines from Coulson and, uh, I've already forgotten, Hill and Nick Fury, like, talking about... All that stuff. And then it cuts to Russia. No, you gotta you got do the title screen where Coulson's like, Sir, what do we do? And then Samuel Jackson, the camera turns around his face as he's staring out into the sky. And he knows that he must call the world's greatest superheroes. The Avengers. Yeah. And then it cuts to Russia. Oh, yeah, it cuts to the horny scene. <laughs> yeah. It cuts to this scene. Uh, it's like this abandoned warehouse somewhere in Russia. Black Widow is in like sexy underwear, like lingerie. She is like tied to a chair at the edge of like a platform. And she is surrounded by some kind of like, I don't know, bad guys, henchmen. And there's like a Russian general here that she's like is taunting her because he caught her. And uh, it very much seems like, oh, man, Black Widow is in a real she's in a real pickle, guys. Yeah. Men are like slapping her. Yeah. And like threatening to throw her over the edge and like grabbing her cheeks and pushing them in. Yeah. It, uh, you know. Yeah. Joss Whedon is jerking it. <laughs> Listen, that's uh, boy. The the running thing here does seem to be that whoever's directing this movie just wants to project all of their sexual desires onto Scarlett Johansson, huh? Yeah, that kind of is a running theme. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, but she's she's doing, like, a reverse interrogation on this man. Well, yeah, because what ends up happening is the phone rings, and one of the henchmen answer it, and it's for Black Widow. And uh, the general, like, starts to try to bluster, but it's Phil Coulson on the other end, and he explains they've got an F-22 coming their way, and he's gonna just bomb the entire warehouse if they don't put uh, Black Widow on the phone. And she, like, immediately breaks character and is like, God damn it, I told you not to call me at work. And they just have this, like, casual conversation about how she has to come in. Yeah, well, she decides to come in when Coulson says that her best friend, Hawkeye, is compromised. Yeah, yeah. So she says, uh, you know, hold for a second. And she immediately, like, starts doing cool stunts to break out of the chair and beat all these guys up. Like, she does a flip and lands on the chair in a way that it just breaks underneath of her. She whips a man with her hair. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, cutaways to Phil, like, sitting on hold on the phone like he's waiting for a doctor's appointment to come back. Yes. It's very good. Uh, but yeah, she beats all these guys up. Like you said, she kind of reveals that, yeah, she was actually the one in control of the situation the whole time, and she was pumping this dude for info. Um, 
And yeah, she deals with all these dudes as walking away. And Coulson tells her that she's got to deal with the big guy, not Tony Stark. The big guy. It's the Incredible Hulk. It's that Incredible Hulk. Yeah, we cut to India. Yeah. Where a little girl is petitioning Bruce Banner to go help her family because they're sick. Yeah, yeah. We see that, yeah, Bruce Banner is acting as a doctor in some sort of rundown apartment. He's got, like, just a bunch of people laid out on mattresses, sick and coughing, that he's tending to. Edward Norton's makeup is incredible. He looks just like Mark Ruffalo. It's crazy. Yeah, they changed Bruce Banner's actor to a better one. Yeah. No, I, I like the idea you're floating, which is that Edward Norton is still playing him. He's just doing a very good Mark Ruffalo impression. No, I think it is Mark Ruffalo. It is Mark Ruffalo, and I agree wholeheartedly. He is way better as Bruce Banner than Edward Norton was. So, yeah, the girl leads Bruce Banner to, like, the shack at the edge of the city and then immediately climbs out the window. Yeah. Without saying a word. And Bruce is kind of immediately like, ah, dang it. Like, he... Aw, shucks. He, he gets what's going on. Done got tricked again. Black Widow kind of comes out and they start talking about how you know they've been tracking him all this time but they've been leaving him alone because they they don't need to you know aggravate him they don't want him to hulk out on them or anything he's like no listen i've got it under control don't worry and uh black widow dates this film by saying it's been about a year since his last incident right yeah so that lets you relate this film chronologically to the first hulk uh, because the he had an incident right at the end of that one, on purpose even. Bruce Banner's still doing the thing where like he doesn't want to admit that the Hulk is him. He's like talking about him in the third person. The other guy. Yeah, he also doesn't like calling him the Hulk. No. I feel like he doesn't like the idea of giving that thing like a cute name. No, not at all. Yeah. But, you know, he's talking about like, well, what if I refuse to come in? She's like, well, then I'd have to persuade you. But don't worry, it's just you and me. And uh, she explains they don't want the Incredible Hulk at all. They need him to help them track the gamma radiation that the Tesseract leaves behind. Uh, and he finally... Oh, that's right. He has the moment where, like, he pretends to lose his temper and, like, slams a table. Yeah. And she immediately, like, pulls out a gun she had taped to the table. Yeah, a subplot in this movie is that... Natasha Romanoff is very scared of the Hulk. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that, how do you feel about uh, the Hulk-Black Widow romance that ends up happening in these movies? Um, I think I ultimately like it. Okay, okay. It has issues. Sure. Well, because, like, it's not as big of a problem in this one, if only because there's not as much screen time devoted to it. There's not as much concern about Natasha's reproductive abilities. Oh, God, I forgot that was a whole thing. Look, look. But no, I was talking more about, like, they are still very much doing the thing where the Hulk is a rage monster that can only be controlled by the tender love of a woman. Right. They've just replaced uh, Betty with Black Widow. Yeah, well, that's not so much a thing in this movie. In this movie, it's more about... There's, like, scenes of it that are evocative of that. You're right, they don't, like, go as deep into it as, like, Ultron does, but yeah. No, but there are a lot of scenes in this movie where Natasha is just, like, shaken on the verge of tears because of the Hulk. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a different thing. Definitely. But he apologizes and explains he wasn't actually losing his temper. He just wanted to see what she'd do. And he agrees to come in with her. And she kind of uh, touches her earpiece and says, like, all right, you can stand down. And we find out she was lying. And the entire building was surrounded with hundreds and hundreds of soldiers. And he alludes to the fact that he has learned a way to control the Hulk. 
Natasha says, you know, this is a pretty bad place to avoid stress. And he right, says, yeah. avoiding stress isn't the secret. Yeah, there, there's this running thing in this movie where Bruce is assuring everyone that he has control of the Hulk and everyone is trying to figure out how he possibly could have done that. Yeah. There's also a running thing where the government are bad people who lie to you. And this is kind of the start of that. Right. We cut to a scene where Nick Fury is talking to the World Security Council, who kind of oversees S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, he's talking to the ex- <laughs> He's talking to the XCOM Council. Uh, one of these men is a man named Gideon Malik, played by Powers Booth. Okay. Who ends up being a major villain in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. All right, yeah, I believe it. Because he is one of the heads of HYDRA. Sure, yeah, of course he is. <laughs> Uh, there is also a line that I wanted to point to during the, the Bruce Banner Black Widow scene that uh, I don't think I would have noticed if I wasn't watching the movie with subtitles. But there's a point where uh, Black Widow says like, oh, this isn't like the best for you, Bruce Banner. And he goes, well, I don't every time get what I want. And I'm not sure why that's the order of the words he used. Wait, hold on. Let me look up this line. Yeah. No, he says, I don't always get what I want. Uh, the subtitles I'm looking say, I don't every time get what I want. When I was listening to it, it sounded a lot like that's what he said. What version were you watching? Uh, I mean, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but Nick Fury says the lines, phase two isn't ready. Right. They need a response team right now because they don't have phase two ready yet. You need to be focusing on phase two. Yeah, which you know is a spooky thing because they won't explain what it is. Is this where he says like... Like, he says, like, I'm, I believe that the Avengers can save us. And they're like, the war is not won with beliefs. And Nick's like, yeah, no, they're fucked with soldiers. Yeah, that is where that happens. Okay. The Avengers initiative was shut down, but Nick Fury kind of wants to bring it back because they need a response team. Right. They need something because there's a Norse god with a very strong cube. I'm uh, reading the Avengers script, and Joss Whedon's description of this Captain America scene is worth noting. Okay. Somewhere in an old, almost World War II-esque boxing gym, Steve Rogers, a man out of time, the first Avenger, fucking Captain America, is pummeling <laughs> a punching bag. Great. With every swing, it's like a memory he's trying to fight off and repress. All right, yeah. Steve opens his eyes and fucking tears the bag as the last memory kicks in. God. I don't think he can physically stop. Steve fucking tears the bag open off its chain, <laughs> spilling out the sand. He stands, breathing hard, letting out 70 years of over-repressed feelings. Wow, all right. A lot of cusses in your script there, Joss. No, he keeps doing this when he describes Captain America. <laughs> Why you gotta cuss so much, Joss? Well, you know. It's a family film, Joss. It's PG-13. Well, alright. It's for most of the family. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's the scene from, it's like the end credit scene from Captain America recut a little bit. You know, Nick Fury comes in, explains that he needs Captain America to help him save the world. There is a moment at the end where Steve, like, is leaving, and he's got, like, a whole row of punching bags to replace when he breaks one. He does just pick one of them up to leave with. Like, that's just his favorite one. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's also a weird, like, non-specific exchange here where Steve is like, when I woke up, they told me that we won the war. They didn't tell me what we lost. Yeah, like... What does that mean, Steve? They never elaborate on what that's supposed to mean. Like, they do the barest, the minimum possible amount of hinting that Steve has some kind of issue with modern America, but never elaborate on that even a little bit. Yeah, like, part of it is that they don't have 
enough time to because they got to juggle five protagonists. But a part of it is also they don't really try. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm I'm here. Like, I, I would enjoy watching that. And I mean, there's shades of that in Civil War that make that movie good. Or at least I remember it being pretty good. I wouldn't have minded a little more of that in this one. But that's fine, I guess. Uh, it cuts to Iron Man, everyone's favorite Stark, Tony himself. Steve ends that scene saying you should have left the Tesseract in the ocean. Right, yeah, and yeah. And it cuts to Iron Man building an arc reactor. Yes. Technology derived from the Tesseract in the ocean. Him and Pepper Potts have designed this skyscraper Stark Tower that is completely powered by one arc reactor as like a prototype to show the potential of the arc reactor technology. Yeah, he's got a new suit thing where like he can walk forward on the tower and a big ring machine follows him and removes the suit piece by piece. Yeah, it looks cool. It's cool. But yeah, he comes back to the tower and has some... It seems like him and Pepper are in a relationship now. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're getting ready for just a night of hot, steamy canoodling when they get a phone call from Phil Coulson and then the elevator opens and Phil Coulson's there. And Pepper is on the first name basis with Phil. Yeah, which Tony is very weirded out by. (laughs) He's like, what? No, his first name is Agent. Pretty good goof. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he says... We gotta assemble the Avengers. Here's your homework. Tony references the life model decoys, Uh which also show up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season four. Oh, okay. There's a moment where Pepper, like, Tony really doesn't want to help. He's like, no, man, this is, I'm busy. And Pepper, like, hugs him and, like, whispers in his ear what she's gonna do to him, like, after they're done. Tony Stark is aghast at whatever she's saying. What do you think she's offering? She's gonna asshole, put her and lick Whoa, all right, sure. (laughs) Okay, that's one way to interpret it. I got nothing better to offer. I guess that's what she's going to do. Anyway, uh, she gets on an airplane to go somewhere out of this movie. And Tony Stark gets to work trying to figure things out. There's like an F plot in this movie where Philip Coulson has like dating issues because his cellist girlfriend is moving to Portland. Yeah, she shows up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one. God damn it. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, just every... Every scene has some background. It is like Star Wars level of, oh yeah, this random character has this elaborate backstory. It's a connected universe. I guess so. Uh, it cuts to Steve being flown out to the this like aircraft carrier. Yeah, he's reading about how you know Bruce Banner tried to replicate the super soldier serum. Yeah. And he seems to feel kind of responsible for what happened to him. We get the first of like kind of a running joke in this one where uh Coulson tries to explain that Bruce Banner is like uh he's like Stephen Hawking. And Steve doesn't understand what that means, because Steve Hawking Stephen Hawking wasn't a uh, a guy when he was alive. Yeah. It also establishes the G plot that well this no, this is more of a C plot. Uh-huh. This one it's more of a B plot. That uh, Phil Coulson is a Captain America fanboy. Yes, yeah, yeah. He he talks about how he he watched it while he was sleeping, and then he realizes how creepy that sounds. He's like, "No, I mean, I was you know present while you were cryogenically you know unconscious." I'm just gonna never mind. He even designed the new Captain America costume. Right? Yeah, yeah. And Steve's like, "What? What? The old stars and stripes? Isn't that a little old fashioned?" I think we need a little old fashioned right about now. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. As he leans in closer and breathes against his lips. (laughs) Oh, man. I I am going to AO3 just out of curiosity to see how many Coles and Steve fix there. I know there's a lot, but I want to know how many. I want a number. Uh, AO3 
Phil Coulson, Steve Rogers. We are looking at 480. Not as many as I thought there'd be. I think it's a decent amount. I guess. I was thinking a whole lot more, though. So now it cuts to Loki meditating in some bunker, and he is telepathically communicating with the other. Yes. Or more like the other forces him into a telepathic Skype call. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other saying, like, hey, we woke up the Chitari to go fight. They need to fight. Start the war already. Loki is kind of like, oh, man, these Chitari better be pretty good. You guys, I think you guys might kind of suck. I'm helping you because I don't like Earth because fuck Thor, but you guys seem like losers. You question him? (laughs) Right. He who put the scepter in your hands? Yeah. And then the other explains that if Loki fucks this up, he's in real deep shit. Yeah, Thanos is gonna hunt him down until he wishes for something as sweet as pain. Yeah, not that it needs to, but the movie does not, like, bother to explain how Loki got tied up with these dudes. It just, he fell into that void and, like, fell... I like to think he just fell through that void just right into this weird asteroid field throne room. All right, you're here now. Cool. This throne room doesn't appear in Infinity War, and it made me sad. It's, not, it's in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, yeah, but not Infinity War. Huh. That would be too goofy for Thanos. Man, I need to see Infinity War because it seems like they made some weird choices with that movie. Yeah, they, man. I mean, th- I'm watching Avengers right now. This is a pretty goofy movie. Yeah, no, it's definitely a comic book film. Yeah, there's, there's like, some of the most comic booky moments in any of these movies in this movie in like a positive way yeah but i guess yeah whatever i love the other's double thumbs oh what do you mean he's got like two thumbs well yeah so do i no but he's got like two thumbs on one hand and they're like right on top of each other do you ever think the other is like who's got two thumbs and controls the chitari and then he with one hand points to himself he goes this guy he probably does that a lot i bet uh, yeah the, the other does that a lot <laughs> yeah uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway, they, they, Captain America and Coulson, the two Avengers, yeah. land on this aircraft carrier. Right. And Natasha goes to meet them, and Steve's like, uh, good day, ma'am. And Natasha's like, yeah, hi. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he meets up with yeah Natasha and also Bruce Banner, who uh, is like a little nervous that people are talking about what he is. And Steve is immediately like, don't worry. I don't care what, you know, you're a cool, smart science guy. And that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Steve's a, a nice man. He's a nice boy. Uh, yeah. Steve sort of talks about how he actually feels a little more at home on this aircraft carrier uh, because it's, you know, a military thing. And it's, you know, something a little familiar. Natasha tells Steve about Coulson's Captain America vintage trading cards. Yes. Which, what what do they print on those for one man exactly? Well, you see some of them later. It uh, it actually looks like it's, like, actual comic panels from old Captain America comics. Okay. Because like, remember, the Captain America comics exist canonically in the, this universe. Right. They were part of, like, his propaganda campaign. Yeah. So I think it's just, like, yes, like, merchandise related to the comics. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but everyone starts, like, running to get inside, and Steve's like, wait, is this a submarine? That rules. And Bruce is like, oh, oh, cool. You're gonna lock me in a submarine. That's a good, that's a good safe idea for everybody. But then it doesn't start going down in the water. It starts going up. Yeah, it's a helicopter aircraft carrier. Yeah, a a helicarrier, if you will. Oh, that's a good name. You should copyright that. All right, yeah, I will, I will. Uh... 
there is a moment like Steve is walking around the bridge of the helicarrier. There was a moment earlier on where Steve says like, oh, there's nothing that can surprise me anymore. And Nick Fury says, oh, I'll bet you 10 bucks you're wrong. And he just sort of casually takes out a $10 bill and hands it to Nick Fury. It's such a good G plot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good Q plot. <laughs> I love that they even did the helicarrier in this film because that's one of the most comic booky things in this film. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense really as a thing. Right, and like narratively, they just needed a confined space to trap Loki in with all the Avengers. Like they could have done this anywhere. Like this could have just been a bunker, you know. But yeah. they even did the the optical shielding, which serves no purpose. Right, because they turn it off later. <laughs> Like, when the helicarrier gets attacked, it's not invisible. Right. And, like, it, it'll still show up on radar and stuff. Like, right, yeah. Uh, like, visual is the least... Like, that's not how people find ships. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think then we cut back to Loki's boys, and Selvig is, like, talking about, I've seen the cube! It's got the truth in it! He's very... No one else really, like, drives this idea home, but he almost has, like, a, like, cosmic horror kind of dialogue about the cube. Yeah, he's had a religious experience. Yeah, yeah. And he mentions that he needs some iridium. They gotta go take some iridium from Germany. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Hulk has, like, gotten to work on trying to figure out a way to track the cube. He gets just some good techno babble. He's gonna make the labs put scanners on their roofs. They managed to find Loki in Germany very fast. They comment that, like, it doesn't really even seem like he's hiding. He's kind of in the same costume he was in, like, the one scene on Earth he had in Thor 1. His, like, coat and nice scarf. He's at some kind of, like, art exhibit? Or it's like a simp- like, like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, violinists playing. Uh, there's a line earlier on the helicarrier. Phil Coulson says, we're sweeping every wirelessly accessible camera on the planet. Cell phones, laptops. If it's connected to a satellite, it's eyes and ears for us. Right, so they do have the, the device from Batman the Dark Knight. Right, and this, uh, Z-plot is dropped <laughs> so casually and without question after being, like, right, a yeah, big yeah. deal in The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. I didn't they have something like this in another Marvel movie? I feel like we've talked about this before. Oh, probably. Yeah, where it's just, yeah, like, the last act of The Dark Knight is in part about how unethical that is and how it's only even maybe okay if you're dealing with the fucking Joker. And you're just like, ah, we got it, don't worry about it. I mean, Loki's a bigger deal than the fucking Joker. That is true, that is true. But there's no, like, there's no hand-wringing about it at all. Which, to be fair... This movie does have a lot of hand-wringing about if S.H.I.E.L.D. are good guys, uh, which I appreciate. But, like, this this even would be one of the things that Captain America can mention, like, oh, America's really slid back morally. Right, exactly, exactly. But he doesn't care at all. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think Steve really is understanding anything anyone's saying right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's just, he's just you know, trying to do his best. Yeah. But, grandpa. yeah, there, there is, like, this uh, violin recital. We get, like, a lot of scenes, like, set silently to violin music as uh, Hawkeye and some other guys, Loki's brainwashed, are, like, breaking into this place. He shoots a man with the arrow, and then he just, like, plainly, intentionally adjusts his body so <laughs> that he will fall off the roof. <laughs> yeah, so... We're going to get into it more as we go. I still, we talked about it in Thor that like Hawkeye's got no reason to be in that movie. 
he doesn't have that much reason to be in this one. <laughs> like Hawkeye. He, I, I'm not even about liking or disliking him. It's that like his main function in this movie is just to give Natasha like a character motivation, you know? Well, he's he's also, you know, blows up the helicarrier. Yeah, I don't know. It just always feels like, it, to some extent, this is just a problem. You know, you just got to suspend your disbelief because when you have like the big, you know, panoramic shots of, oh, the Hulk is like smashing through buildings to blow up big worm monsters and Iron Man's flying around shooting laser beams and this guy's got bow and arrow. Well, no, he's like the shot caller during that fight. He's observing everything and directing people yeah. where they need to be. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. Who, who would you replace Hawkeye with as the sixth Avenger? <laughs> I mean... War Machine. But War Machine's just like Iron Man 2. You have to have someone with a different ability. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm trying to think, because, I mean, Hawkeye technically got seated before this movie, but only in the barest bone sense. I'm trying to think, like, just anyone you could toss in here. Sif. Who's that? Oh, from, from Thor? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Wonder Man. Who's Wonder Man? He's, uh, he's a big cloud man. Purple. Okay, okay. He's got powers. But, uh... But like Ghost Rider in this, just put Ghost Rider in this movie. That won't be hard to explain. God, <laughs> I really wanted Phil Coulson as Ghost Rider show up in Infinity War. Is that like a thing that has like precedent? Oh yes, in Agents of Shield, he becomes the Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield. Yes, it's a major plot point. What? What the fuck is Agents of Shield? <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> Yeah, so Loki uh, knocks over a man with his glow stick of destiny. Yeah. And then he sticks, like, a eye machine in his eye, and it scans his eye. Right. And transmits the eye data to Hawkeye, who has the other eye machine. Yeah. Who puts the eye machine in the retinal scanner so it can scan the eye hologram. They never told... I guess this place is like a museum or something. They're trying to steal a meteorite that has a lot of iridium in it. Yes. Um, as soon as Loki hits this guy with the cane, everyone in this place starts freaking out and goes running. I feel like... They should have had him, like, shoot the guy with a laser out of the cane if they wanted it to immediately start a panic. I feel like someone would try to tackle him or something, you know? Everyone gets very scared of him very fast in a way that I didn't really buy. Like, once he's doing weird magic shit, I get it. But when he's just a dude in a suit hitting a guy, that's scary. But again, like someone would like try to wrestle him to the ground or something, you know? The Germans are a peaceful people. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, and as everyone starts screaming and running, Loki like looks around and he tries to hold back a smile, but he can't help but smiling because yeah. he's enjoying himself. Yeah, and uh, his, like, armor, like, fades in onto his body. And as these people are running, he starts, like, summoning illusion doubles of himself to kind of corral them all into one, like, crowd. And then he screams at them to kneel, and they yes. all do. He shoots a couple cop cars, and they flip around. Yeah, and he gives this speech to this kneeling people about how humans are made to be servants to gods like him, and they just, they, like, this is the way people should be. Isn't this so much better? And this old man gets back up to his feet. This is literally Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh, man, it's very Assassin's Creed, you're right. <laughs> like, the actual meta plot of Assassin's Creed is that humans were built to be slaves of the Isu. Right. And because of that, they subconsciously crave subjugation. Right. 
But this old man gets up and he goes, not to men like you. And Loki's like, there have been no men like me. And the old guy's like, there's always men like you. This scene is a little corny, but I like it a lot. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. And then Loki says, look to your elder. Let him be an example. Right. And Captain America knows this is the perfect time to jump in. Right. Captain America jumps in from nowhere and deflects the laser shot. Yeah, where does he jump from? (laughs) Don't worry about it. Out of frame. That's where. Like, there's no possible way Loki wouldn't have seen him based on the blocking of the scene, but don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, so Captain America's shield reflects his laser beam back at him. Right, and that's uh, the thing can do. Steve says, last time I was in Germany and there was one man standing over everyone else, he and I didn't agree. And then he starts tussling with Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of losing. Like, he's not getting his ass kicked, but he's clearly losing the fight. Yeah, I mean, Loki's a Jotun. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, a moment where, like... Steve gets knocked down and he like is on his knees trying to get back up and Loki puts his staff on his head and he's like kneel and then Steve like doesn't and that's that's yeah I like how this movie portrays Loki as being very physically powerful mm-hmm. because that's not something you usually get in the Thor movies because he's like the weaker of the characters there sure yeah yeah but yeah. he's still stronger than even the super soldier Captain America right so yeah Steve like again he's not getting the shit beaten out of him but he is losing and then all of a sudden all of the shield like choppers around all get hacked so they start playing the song shoot to thrill because iron man is coming in and he needed cool intro music yeah and yeah he kind of manages to blast loki a few times and pretty clearly has like a much better handle on the situation than captain america did yeah well he just points all of his guns at loki and then loki surrenders yes yeah yeah and uh, they pack him on up into the, like, aircraft. It's, I don't the know. The Quinjet. Okay, sure. Uh, and they're, you know, flying back to the helicarrier and talking about, like, well, okay, this is clearly, like, a trap, obviously. The way that Iron Man and Captain America are talking kind of seems like they've met before. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I guess like, particularly the way, like, Steve doesn't know Bruce Banner, but he, you know, he was polite to him. He gave him a chance. Yeah. And he doesn't really do that for Tony. Yeah, it might just be a situation where, like, they, there's only so much running time they can give over to every character introducing themselves to every other character. So they just kind of got to, you know, move along a little bit. Um, but we again, like this dialogue, we get a little more about like how S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of shady. And he's like, oh, you know, Nick Fury didn't tell me he was calling you in. And Tony just tells him, yeah, there's a lot of things he doesn't tell you. Don't worry about it. And then uh, 44 minutes into this film. Yeah. The best Avenger appears. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Thor Odinson. I'm not. God I'm- of Thunder. Prince of Asgard. I'm still really uncomfortable with Thor being, like, so much higher in my rankings than it used to be. But, like, we did it. We talked about all five of them. He clearly had the best movie and was the best character. Agreed. Although I do think this movie does a lot to to push the Hulk up there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I really like the Hulk in this movie. So Thor lands on the Quinjet and busts in there and grabs Loki, and Loki's clearly very scared of him. Yes. He doesn't want to get beaten up by his brother. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Thor just, like, hits uh, Iron Man with his hammer, grabs Loki by the throat, and jumps out of the airplane without any words. And, uh, yeah, Iron Man just runs off to chase them. Stark, we need a plan of attack. I have a plan. 
attack. That is, that might be the worst line in the whole movie. <laughs> it's not very good. There's only one god, ma'am. I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> right, yeah, that also happens in this scene. Uh, but we get a scene with, like, Thor and Loki on the edge of a cliff where... It, it's interesting because Thor is, like... Loki is in full-on villain mode, but Thor still kind of is hoping that maybe he can get his brother back. Yeah. Where he's like, listen, fucker, this is dumb. Quit being dumb and come home with me. Uh, and they they argue for a while, and <laughs> Thor just says, like, now you listen to me. And then he gets hit by Iron Man, and Loki just... He does say the line, do I look to be in a gaming mood? <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> when Thor is in a gaming mood, what games do you think he likes to play? Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, who do you think he mains? Bridget. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, but yeah, he's like, Are you listen to me, and then gets hit by Iron Man, Loki just goes, I'm, I'm listening. It's, it's a good shitty line from Loki. Yeah. Uh, they do also, like, Thor ends with this moment of, like, uh, both, like, both worlds are gonna keep working to unite us again, and it's, you know, it's gonna take a long time and be real hard, but we'll do it. And Loki just is like a throwaway line, like, boy, Odin worked, like, he, Odin had to do a lot to get you here, huh? Like, so yeah, don't worry about it, he's here now. Yeah, well, he keeps summoning the dark energy. Yeah. They do mention that. Like, what? Are you whatever? That's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's mostly fine. It's just, there is a little bit of exposition. It, it's like exposition that's kind of bad, but they just paper over it real fast and just keep moving. So it's it's not that big a deal. And at some point, again, this movie's got a lot of work to do. It, it can't spend a million years on every little detail. Yeah, there's also more allusion to the master behind Loki. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, then we get a Thor and Iron Man fight in the woods. Where Loki just sits down and watches them fight. <laughs> right, yeah. Because he he's not actually trying to get away. <laughs> right, yeah. He just, so he just sits down to watch them uh, have a little fight. And then uh, Captain America shows up like their disappointed dad and tells them to cut it out. Uh, uh, Iron Thor gets very mad when Iron Man calls him a tourist. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, yes. What's that all about? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, Iron Man is, like, immediately like, very aggro with Thor. Uh, but Captain America tells him, like, listen, if you're not our enemy, then drop your hammer and prove it. And Thor's like, oh, you want me to drop the hammer? Here it comes. And he hits the he hits the shield with the hammer, and it's like a big all... It's a big shockwave that knocks down all the trees. Yeah. which And then Thor calms down. He got it out of his system. Yeah. Which I could have swore that got paid off later in this movie where they do that on purpose to, like, not, like, knock down a bunch of Chitauri, but I don't think that happens. It happens in Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Thor, Th Thor's all tuckered out now, and he's ready to stop being a shithead. Like, we all hate Loki. Like, let's just chill out and arrest him. Uh, do we see, yeah, we see Loki's prison, which is just this giant, like, glass cylinder on the helicarrier. Yeah, Loki kind of sees Bruce Banner working in his lab as he's being escorted to jail. Yeah. And he just smiles at him. Right, and then Bruce kind of, like, rubs his, like, the bridge of his nose like he's got a migraine or something. Yeah, he's got a little ouchy headache. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick Fury explains to Loki that his prison is directly over, like, an airlock, like, that they can just open up and drop the prison out of, and it, he is a god, but it probably still gonna kill him. Yeah, no, that would definitely kill him. Yeah. Seems like it hurt real bad. Uh... And they're basically, you know, they never actually do it, but they do constantly talk about torturing Loki for information. Yeah, yeah. Nick Fury does ask Thor to torture Loki. Yes. <laughs> He's like, he he is a prisoner, Nick Fury. 
Yeah. Is what Thor says, because Thor is a good boy. Right. Yeah. So this is the best part of the movie. Loki is on, is like, is a prisoner on the helicarrier. All the Avengers are here. They know that he got captured on purpose, but they can't figure out why. And it's just kind of like a pressure cooker that is slowly making everyone more and more tense as they try to like figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. This is the part of the movie that I like a lot. Uh, you just get a lot of character interactions and uh, it's, it's good. It's good, Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Thor uh, says a line like, in my youth, I courted war. And yeah. I like that he refers to the previous year as yeah. his youth. Well, he refers to a month ago as youth. <laughs> no, it, it was a year ago. Sure. Uh, Tony Stark walks onto the bridge and just starts shouting out random nonsense orders. <laughs> he, he, it's his big scene where he gets to be a funny snark boy. Right. A snarky Stark. He offers to fly Coulson to Portland so he can see his girlfriend. Yeah. He accuses one of the random guys on the bridge of playing Galaga, which... We'll come back to. <laughs> he <laughs> he stands. There's a I, there's a bit I like a lot where he stands at like the command post where Nick Fury stands, and he puts his hand over one eye and notices that there are screens on his blind side. And I say, like, wait a second, how does Nick even use this terminal? And uh, Agent Hill just says like he he turns. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good alpha plot. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh but yeah tony stark and bruce banner both immediately start uh having fun science times together yeah they need to do the science to the thermodynamic yeah they both they both talk in techno babble so they like each other there's the science bros yeah Tony also, like, sticks a little thing that looks like just a a bolt on the side of a computer that I guess that's how he gets the virus in that he's going to use. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is also the scene where Coulson makes some reference to the Wizard of Oz and uh, Thor has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. And Steve is me like, oh, boy, oh, boy, I get a reference finally. Yeah. Which is a good joke. He's so happy. Yeah. It's like, God, finally, Joss Whedon has such reference-heavy dialogue, and I finally understood one. Uh, But, let's see, Tony and Bruce are, like, doing science on Loki's staff. I like this scene of... Tony keeps eating blueberries. Who does? Tony. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah, because the actor, Robert Downey Jr., just hit a bunch of blueberry snack packs all around the set, Uh and they couldn't stop him. All right. Sure. Why not? (laughs) They kept trying to remove him, but there were always more. Yeah. I do like this one shot of uh, Mark Ruffalo just waving a weird science wand back and forth over the staff, like, as though it's doing something. He's scanning it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, I know. But it's just very much... I don't know, just pick up some science props and do some science. Um, Tony is very intrigued by the Incredible Hulk, and uh, he's trying to convince Bruce that, like, oh, it's cool that you can turn into a big green monster man. That's a cool thing. He, like, jabs him with a little electro probe thing to try and make him transform? Well, yeah. Yeah. But, like, you go back to Tony's dialogue in Iron Man 1 where he's like, there's no reason I should be alive. Right. So if I am, it must be for a reason. Yeah. And he's basically applying that to Bruce living through the gamma accident. Yeah. Yeah. There is kind of a continuity there. You're right. Um. Steve is immediately very mad that Tony is trying to make the Hulk happen on the helicarrier. And this is like the next scene we get of, of Bruce being like, no, don't worry. I got a secret. I'm not going to Hulk out on you. Don't worry. Uh, 
And they get some dialogue about how Tony absolutely does not trust Nick Fury. And there's something that none of them are being told about this. And that Bruce probably also doesn't, but he's trying to stay out of it. Um, they mention like how Loki taunted Nick Fury about wanting to use the Tesseract as a warm light for mankind. And like, well, hmm, is that what he was doing with the cube? That doesn't seem like a thing he'd do with the cube. Since when do they do like energy shit? That's, hmm. And Steve gets a hunch. Yes. He storms out of the room and he goes looking for what shield is hiding. Right. And he finds a bunch of hydro weapons. Yeah, just crates of hydro weapons on the helicarrier. And then he realizes that S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to use a Tesseract to make weapons of mass destruction. Yes. And uh, we're probably going a bit out of order here just because it all just kind of happens. Oh, we we did forget. We got to circle back to it. When they're leaving the bridge, it does show a guy, like, look over his shoulder and then open up Galaga on his computer. Yeah. He was really just playing Galaga. Now, I'm not a stickler. For, you know, if you can make time to goof off at work, that's fine. Maybe not when you're, like, on the bridge of the magical science carrier that is holding a god in a prison cell trying to save the world. Maybe that's the wrong time for Galaga. Also, maybe not full screen. Yeah. It's... Maybe do a little a little window. Man, yeah. It, you... Also, why Galaga? It's a fun game. I guess so. <laughs> It just seems like the wrong time to be galligging. That's all I have to say about it. Anyway. So Natasha goes to do a reverse interrogation on Loki. Right, yeah. She kind of tries to lure him in with the idea that she doesn't really care about the outcome of this conflict. She just wants Hawkeye to be safe. And Loki does a big, long monologue about how Hawkeye's told him everything about her. And she's, you know, just a miserable creature she's a murderer and a liar who works for murderers and liars and how dare she think that she could do anything to you know redeem herself as a person he calls her he calls her a bad name that everyone thought was very cool when this movie came out yeah Uh uh-huh people were really into that shakespearean slur he uses they sure were not really sure why you know yeah um, but she, you know, starts to cry and, you know, accuses him of being a monster. And he says, oh, no, you brought the monster. And then she immediately breaks character because now she knows that his plan is to make Bruce Banner become the Hulk. Yeah. And then uh, it cuts to the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier bridge. Yeah. Where all the screens are flashing, virus detected. Right. Because <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. has discovered that Tony is trying to steal all of their files to learn. I love Nick Fury's hiding. reaction where he just, like, takes a long sigh and like... Yeah. Ah, jeez. Uh-huh. Gotta explain it to the boys. We get a lot of, like, Dutch angles throughout this whole chunk. Yeah. Uh, everyone starts arguing about how uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. was trying to make weapons of mass destruction. Nick Fury argues it's because of Thor, and they learned that there are other, like, intelligent races out there that are a lot more powerful than humans, and they needed to catch up quick. Uh, but Thor says that it's because of the research they were doing that it's going to attract more aliens. Right, which is true. Like, them fiddling with the Tesseract is what made the what made Thanos notice Earth. Yeah. Um, but everyone just starts yelling at each other. 
And again, a lot of Dutch angles, a lot of like shots of the scepter, I guess, implying, like we said at the top, that like it is uh, like pushing everyone towards being more aggressive, I guess, or something. There's a part where the shot turns upside down because the scepter has turned them upside down. Cinematography look. I wish this part on the helicarrier moved a little slower and it went like the tension ratcheted up a little more naturally. And again, like you can use the scepter to explain how it goes from like zero to 50 so fast. But I don't know. I like this part. So I wish it was longer. Yeah. Um, but eventually Bruce Banner starts yelling at everybody and, uh, he's mad that they dragged him back into this when he just wanted to be a nice man being a, a doctor for people. Right. Cause he found out that, you know, Natasha's explained that Loki wants to use him and he's mad and yelling at everyone. And then they all just kind of like go quiet and look at him and tell him to drop the scepter. And like, we get a wide shot that shows he like picked it up at some point without even realizing it. Yeah. He does tell a story about how he knows you can't kill the Hulk because he tried to shoot himself and he spit out the bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like I said, this chunk of the movie is very good. I like it. It's I, pretty good. Again, I would watch a whole movie that was just this and I'd be the only one in the theater. And, uh, at this point, the bad Quinjet appears with Hawkeye and some other mind control boys on it. Right. And Hawkeye starts shooting some uh, bomb arrows, planting them all around the helicarrier. Yeah, which again, like in these wide shots of, of this jet approaching, the helicarrier is clearly not camouflaged. Yeah. So not sure why they bothered to show that it could camouflage itself. You know. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good shot where Hawkeye, like shoots against the wind and then the wind turns around the arrow so it hits a specific place yeah yeah that he couldn't hit himself right because he's a good archer he's a very good archer uh tony and steve are very mad at each other because tony thinks everything special about steve came out of a bottle right and yeah and steve thinks, steve that, thinks yeah. that tony's not really a hero he's just out for himself right he's not the kind of guy that would sacrifice himself for others yeah there's this like exchange between them where Steve says that Tony isn't the kind of guy that would lay down on a wire so someone could crawl over him. And Tony says, like, no, I just cut the wire. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the ongoing character tension between those two. Um, but yeah, then the fighting erupts across the helicarrier because the bad boys are here. It's a lot of a lot of action things happen. They blow up like one of the, the jet engines and like Tony and Steve have to work together to try and get it running again. Thor runs down to try and stop Loki. Uh, and they're trying to keep Bruce just kind of contained and calm so he doesn't hulk out. Yeah, Bruce was already pissed off. Right. And now that he's been he's caught up in a big fight and he's been thrown to the ground by the explosion, he's having trouble holding it in. Yeah, it seems like the the like physical trauma of what's going on is what is pushing him over the edge so that he can't control it anymore. Yeah, and Natasha's trying to calm him down. Yeah. But that just pisses him off more. Right. Yeah. Because he's mostly mad at her because she's the one that brought him in. Yeah, he's mad at Shield, he's mad at Natasha, and he's he's getting a lot of bumps and bruises. Uh, so yeah, she is, like, pinned under some pipes and, like, trying to calm him down. Like you said, very scared of the Hulk as he, like, he's not fully transformed, but he's getting there. Uh, Tony, yeah, suits up. They have this whole thing where Tony has to, like, get into the turbine and manually start spinning it. There's a good scene where Loki hears the Hulk's roar and just gives a big old smile. Yeah, yeah. Loki's got some real, he really does not approve of the Hulk. He's like, oh, that, that beast who pretends to be a man. <laughs> That's my Loki impression. It's very good. That sounded like Maximilian Pegasus. 
So, yeah, Iron Man has to get the turbine spinning again. Yeah. And uh, Captain America has to pull a red lever. Yes. Uh, Thor ends up fighting the Hulk to try and, you know, stop him. Uh, I think he yeah, ends up he, like. He's able to hold him back for a little bit yeah. until a jet appears and starts shooting at the Hulk. Yeah. And then the Hulk jumps on the jet and just starts, like, tearing out pieces of it. Yes. And then reaches into the cockpit and the pilot tries to eject, but the Hulk catches him. Yeah. And then throws him into the air where his parachute uh, does safely pop. Right. Uh, there's a good bit during the Thor Hulk fight where like Thor throws the hammer and the Hulk can't pick the hammer up. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good moment. Like the Hulk's feet are digging into the steel ground with the effort. Like yeah. the Hulk forgets these in a fight and just gets mad that he can't pick the hammer up for a few seconds. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thor goes down to confront Loki who is like getting out of the prison and Thor dives at him and just like phases through him and falls into the prison cell. And Loki's like, you're fucking, how many times are you going to fall for that man? Cause he's like he, that. I'm Loki. I do like ghost after image shit. I'm like Naruto. I'm your brother. You should know that I like Naruto. Nick Fury has a really good video game tactic where yeah. he's like taking cover against a wall and then three guys run past him. And then he does a stealth takedown on the third guy <laughs> yeah. and then takes his gun and shoots the two guys in front of him. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's played Hotline Miami. He knows how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you think the real problem between Thor and Loki is that Thor would never sit down and watch Naruto with Loki? Thor would absolutely watch Naruto. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Loki's the anime fucking elitist who only watches Evangelion. <laughs> well, how do you learn how to do the Shadow No Jitsu then? If he didn't learn it from watching a lot of Naruto. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's the secret. Loki actually does like lowbrow anime, but he doesn't want to yeah, admit it because Thor it. likes it. <laughs> so he's like, no, no, no. I just like serial experiments laying the wired. <laughs> I watched all of uh, Madoka in one sitting the other day. What is that one? I haven't heard of that one. It's uh, the the deconstruction of the magical girl genre. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. It's pretty good. It gets very violent, right? Uh, I guess. I, I wouldn't consider it like a gory show, really. Is it that, or, or maybe it's just that a lot of people die or something? Oh, for sure, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been watching that new FLCL at all? I have not. It's weird. I don't, I can't tell if I like it or not. Luke, since you're a big Sailor Moonhead, we should oh, yeah. let me tell you about Madoka. We could maybe explore some, some Madoka content at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a good part where a guy's trying to throw a grenade and Steve just swats it out of the air. Yeah, yeah. And then throws him off the helicarrier. Yeah. Hey, Steve is good during this fight, even though his objective is just to pull a lever. Right. He has a very hard time pulling the lever, though, because a guy just keeps shooting suppressing fire at him. Yeah. Yeah. Hawkeye shoots a hacking arrow. Yes. Yes, he and does. the helicarrier. <laughs> To turn off the other turbines. Right. So yeah, the, the helicarrier's crashing. Thor's trapped in the prison cell. Iron Man can't escape the turbine because Steve can't pull a lever. And then there's a very long shot of Natasha shaking and trying to get a hold of herself. Yeah. And Nick Fury's like, someone copy, do you copy? And Natasha has to take a second to breathe before she responds. Yeah, you're right. I didn't really pick up on how like traumatized she is by the Hulk in this movie. Yeah. It's weird. Huh. Um, she gets like a confrontation with Hawkeye at some point in all this kerfuffle where she just hits him on the head a few times, which I guess is how you break the spell of the mind gem. I mean, yeah, how else? I guess it just seems funny to me that like, oh yeah, this stone that's like a concentrated piece of the Big Bang or whatever the fuck. Ah, you just hit someone on the head. It fixes it up real quick. Just bonk him real good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, uh, it always bothered me that the lasers from the Power Stone are not that much more powerful than the lasers from the other ones. Yeah, I, I don't. I guess they gotta give everyone like offensive capabilities. Letting all the stones just kind of shoot lasers feels. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying in Captain America. I want to see them do more weird shit with the Infinity Stones. Yeah, like I want to see them just be like and like represent the element that they represent and do funny shit. Like we talked about Incredibles too. There's a lady in that movie that just has like the basically her superpower is the portal gun from Portal. Like if the Space Stone did shit like that, that'd be great. Yeah, just make a portal like through someone's body to cut them in half. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Crystal, you need to watch some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure if that's the kind of thing you like. Okay. There's a lot of uh there, there there's a lot of weird action in that series. And a lot of like someone gets punched in the face and time stops while they monologue for five minutes while they strategize. That's awesome. It's very good. Uh so Loki's gonna throw is he's trapped Loki has trapped Thor in the Hulk prison. Yeah. He's gonna open the airlock, but then the Avenger, Phil Coulson, confronts him. Yes. And points the destroyer gun at him. Right, yeah, he has a big old gun on him that he says is based on the destroyer from Thor. And Which they just left in New Mexico. Right. And he says that even he doesn't know what it does because it's still a prototype. And he's aiming at Loki, who's, like, got his hands up and is scared, but it's an illusion because the real Loki's behind him and, like, stabs him in the back. Yeah. And, uh... And since, uh, Phil Coulson did die in Asgardian combat, he is entitled to go to Valhalla. Is that true? He didn't die, that though, That was I a big theory for a long time. Yeah, I, th- I thought he survived, actually. No, he, he, he died. Oh, he just comes back to life in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, no, he definitely died for real. Okay. But then he got better. I thought that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. retconned it so that actually Phil Coulson didn't die, but they decided to fake his death to motivate them in the Avengers. No, he definitely died for real. Okay, okay. I like that better than what I thought it was. Yeah, like, the the traumatic experience of being brought back to life is a major plot point. Okay, sure. Uh, Loki drops the prison with Thor inside of it, which Thor swings the hammer at the glass, and it doesn't break, but it does crack severely, but then he just kind of stops trying to get out. Yeah, I think he could have gotten out right there. Yeah, I mean, he does break the glass in a few minutes. I'm not sure why he stops. He was too stunned by the death of his fellow Avenger, I, Phil Coulson. I guess so. But yeah, Thor drops out, and Coulson isn't dead yet. And he, like, talks to Loki. He's like, you're not going to win. You're going to get beat up by the good guys because you're a bad guy. And uh, Loki says, like, what makes you say that? And Phil Coulson just says, you lack conviction. He does the same thing again to get Loki monologuing. And then yes. and Loki gets three words into his monologue and gets shot in the face with the destroyer gun. That's Phil Coulson. Yeah. Again, like, everyone in this movie, Loki just gets clowned on in this movie over and over again. Yeah, he lacks conviction. And, like, 20% of the time he does it on purpose, but most of the time it's just him getting played. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I'm trying to see what else happens in this action scene. I think we pretty much got it. They get the helicarrier, like, stabilized. Loki escapes. I, I was trying to figure out, is the idea that Loki was never even actually here? Like, he was he had an illusion the entire time? Uh, no, I think he just escapes on the Quinjet, okay. right? Okay, yeah, they, I mean, they, they don't put a ton of focus on it, so... Yeah, he definitely escapes on the Quinjet. Okay, uh, yeah. The, but that would actually be a really cool twist. Right, yeah, like, that, that to me would be the way to go. Just, like, no, not only was that an illusion, like, there was no real Loki. He's been in the bunker the entire time. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, the helicarrier gets stabilized. Nick Fury goes down to talk to Phil Coulson. He's like, oh man, you're not allowed to die. But Agent Coulson's like, no man, haven't you seen any of these movies? These fuckers don't do anything unless one, they have like a minor character die to motivate them. That's all right, man. I'm out. Bye. He does say that. He does basically say that. <laughs> like, I think his actual line is like, this was never going to work if they didn't have something to motivate them. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and then he dies, and uh, then... But I mean, that, that <laughs> yeah. is also, like, the conflict of this movie is also what the discourse around this movie but This movie was, is weirdly like, meta. Yeah, like, how are they going to get all these big stars to mesh together? Right, yeah, and then it's a movie about how are we going to get all these big superheroes to mesh together? Yeah, yeah it's... It's kill a minor character. Right, yep. Thankfully, they did not have to do that in real life. Yeah, they didn't have to murder an actor to make all the other actors do a good job. Oh, but imagine if they did. Well, no, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> what, if was, what if it was like Johnny Depp? Okay, yeah, I guess that's fine then. Fuck that dude. You know, yeah, there's a lot of actors we could kill and I wouldn't feel that bad about it. Yeah. <sighs> a lot of movies I like that I'm not comfortable watching anymore. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. Listen, a lot of actors are shitty people. A lot of directors are shitty people. Oh, yeah? Turns out. I mean... Including, perhaps, one Joss Whedon. Including, perhaps, one Jostifer Whedon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> what, Jostifer Whedon? I think it's Joseph. I think it's Jostifer. What was his... Joss word. What was his thing? He was, like, cheating on his wife or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, like, being bad towards female co-workers. Yeah, well, also being, like, rah, rah, I'm a feminist. Yeah. Like, his things... I didn't... I don't remember the ton of the details of it. His thing didn't seem as bad as some other shit, but that's just because there's some really bad shit out there. Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem like a great dude. No, especially in the context of what he does with Natasha Romanoff. It's kind of colors it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Everything's bad, Crystal. Oh, well, this movie's pretty good. This movie's all right. I kind of like this one. Uh, Nick Fury comes out and throws a stack of bloody trading cards on the table because they were in Phil Coulson's jacket. Yeah. Uh, but he never got a chance to have Captain America sign them. Oh, no. Oh, no. He says Phil Coulson still died believing in heroes. Right. Because there was an well, idea, Crystal. There was an idea. An idea that maybe we could make one mega movie franchise out of five smaller ones. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Yeah. See if they could work together when we needed them to fight the battles that we never could and make more money than any of their individual movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Because, like, the, the business concept of this movie is like, okay, we don't expect you to like the Hulk and Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. Right. But even if you like only one of those, yeah. this movie will serve you. Yeah, definitely. I think... Speaking of horrible people, I think it was a movie bot thing <laughs> that was talking about... Oh, that fucking guy. But he was talking about, like, uh, the trick of this movie is that because it's so meta, it makes the financial success of this movie an underdog story so that you're rooting for it to work. Anyway, that guy likes eugenics, so fuck him. <laughs> yeah, fuck movie Robert. <laughs> fuck movie for Robert. <laughs> the Hulk fell out the sky. The Hulk fell right out the sky. He did do that. Every one of these movies has one, like, tertiary, like, less than tertiary character that's my favorite character in the whole movie. Yeah. And in this movie, it's the security guard. Because... It's played by the venerable Harry Dean Stanton. 
the Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner is now back to human form, and he's naked in this crushed warehouse. And this- Two things I like about this. Uh-huh. One, the Hulk was absolutely not damaged even a little bit from falling three million feet. Right. No, they they seem to have established in this movie, especially that the Hulk is basically invincible. Uh, Number two, the first thing Bruce Banner asks when waking up is, did I hurt anyone? Yes. Which we talked about in the the Hulk movie that they don't focus on that aspect of the Hulk enough. So I'm glad they put a little bit of it in here. And Bruce Banner gets to be the shirtless guy in this movie. That is true. Um, Also, when he says, did I hurt anyone? The security guard says, no, no one around here to get hurt. Uh, you know, either, you know, got lucky or you got real good aim, which alludes to what I talked about a few episodes ago about how Bruce Banner is subconsciously always doing physics calculations in the Hulk's head to prevent any casualties from happening. Of course. I can't believe they actually hint that maybe that's a canonical thing in the movies. Uh, you know, I think there's maybe a big difference between doing that in the middle of, say, the Battle of New York. Right. And just aiming yourself as you fall. No, I agree, but I feel like that... I definitely got the sense that was a nod towards that idea from the comics. Yeah. That there's never any casualties from the Incredible Hulk because Bruce Banner's very good at physics. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton does mention that as the Hulk was falling, he did see his dick. Yes. And then he goes, uh, he says the best line of the movie. He goes, yeah, some of he's an alien. And Bruce's like, what? No, I'm not, I'm not an alien. He goes, well then, son, you got some kind of condition. <laughs> Such a good line. I want just a movie about this guy and Stanley from Stanley's Pizza hanging out and being friends. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Thor also lands on the ground because he got out of the prison. Right. And he kind of looks at Mjolnir and then makes a fist with his hand. And he's like, oh, am I even worthy anymore? Yeah, yeah. There's not a scene of him, like, being unable to lift the hammer, but he does kind of approach approach it with trepidation. Yes. Uh, and then we cut to um, Hawkeye waking up strapped to a bed. There's a lot of, like, oversaturated colors that start to fade out as he's, like, as he comes to. Yeah. And we get some allusions to, like, Black Widow's backstory stuff where he talks about, the Hawkeye's talking about, do you even know what it feels like to have your entire mind played with and your, your sense of self ripped out of you? And she just looks at him and says, you know I do. I am. Su- he does know that. Yeah. I'm surprised they have not made a Black Widow movie yet. They're working on it. Are they? Okay. Like, yeah, it's, hap- it's probably going to be 2020. Okay. Okay. Because like watching this movie, my two favorite characters in this movie are probably the Hulk and Black Widow. I think Black Widow might actually have more screen time than Thor in this movie. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's fun in this movie. The reverse interrogation scenes are neat. You know, weird yeah. sexual projections aside. Yeah. Like they... Like, this movie really elevated Black Widow in the popular consciousness because she was a fairly minor character in the comics. Yeah. Like, the idea of just a a spy without any superpowers just in a world of superheroes is a cool idea. Yeah. I would watch a movie about that. I'd probably watch a couple. Yeah. Um, we should note that back in the warehouse, when she was, like, being interrogated by that Russian general, she did do the thigh neck break takedown thing again. She did do that, You know what? Scarlett Johansson had to work for a long time with some kind of, like, stunt martial arts trainer to learn how to do that. By God, she's gonna get some mileage out of that training time. Mm -hmm. Sure is. Uh (laughs) John Favreau is an executive producer on this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but, 
you know, they, they kind of talk, they, you know, Hawkeye feels bad that he killed some of his like allies while my yeah. brainwashed. And Tasha's comforting him like, Hey, we were not trained for this. Yeah. This is, this is not your fault. Right. Um, and yeah, Hawkeye's back on the team now. Uh, he does tell her that, you know, he doesn't know much because Loki hid most information from him, but he does know that Loki plans on doing whatever he's going to do today. So they yeah. really got to get their shit together and go. Um, Steve and Tony have another conversation that starts off as kind of, you know, antagonistic. But well, they're just talking about Steve's asking, you know, did Coulson have any family? Right. And uh, Tony says, no, he just had a girlfriend. Right. But like Tony talks about how it was stupid for Coulson to try to take on Loki by himself. And like, like he's clearly sad that Coulson is dead, but trying to bury those feelings. Right. Um, he's too much of a cool guy to have feelings. Right. Exactly. Uh, but Tony eventually figures out that, like, you know, Loki's... Well, let's not skip over the good line. Oh, which which line? Uh, Steve says, is this the first time you've lost a soldier? Yeah, And Tony yeah. screams, we are not soldiers. Yes. Uh, there's so much in those two lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go on. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I do like that idea that they're wrestling with. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. is very much like a military body that the superheroes are not... Like, they're not necessarily part of that. I feel like this movie has such a long final fight that it doesn't get enough time to, like, dig into, like, resolving that tension in an interesting way. Yeah. And, like, even if they had let that sit on a table and, like, come back to it in another movie, that'd be fine. But as far as I remember, they don't really. I mean, they kind of do. Like, kind of, yeah, I guess, like, Civil War kind of, you know, gestures towards that a little bit. Like, an aspect of that line is that Tony has never actually gone through, like right combat training right or has never been like taught to deal with the stresses of battle yeah in the way that like all the other avengers have sure yeah definitely and that contributes to his uh increasingly worsening ptsd yeah but like and you're right that that definitely is like a running thing there's also this thing though that like they're talking about like the militarization of superheroes in a way that i wish that these movies like talked about more because i think that's an interesting idea to explore yeah and i don't think any of them have done it in a way that i've found like satisfying you know and again like that's something that civil war sort of wants to do but man we'll get to civil war i don't remember it that well other than i remember not liking it even a little bit uh there's this very smart thing i think this movie does later that we'll get to okay sure uh but yeah they're everyone is kind of gearing up they're rallying after the big failure thor picks up his hammer everyone suits up Tony's fixing the Iron Man helmet. Yeah, because Tony realizes that Loki's going to make his play at the most dramatic location possible. Right, which is Stark which Tower. Which is Stark Tower. Yeah. Uh, which I guess the idea is that he is using the arc reactor from Stark Tower to, like, power the Tesseract to open up the portal. Is that the the implication? I, I hadn't thought of it like that. I mean, I guess he's probably doing that. That was my but... takeaway from it, that, like, that's why it had to be Stark Tower. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dr. Selvig is he, up on Like, yeah. he wants to do it in one of the most populated cities in the world. Sure, Cleveland. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because this is Cleveland. <laughs> uh, doc- and he wants to do it in the biggest tower in the biggest city. Right, yeah. Uh, Dr. Selvig is up on the roof of Stark Tower with a gadget that he's kind of, you know, cobbled together for the Tesseract. And uh, he's still under the mind control, so he's still, like, doing some kind of Lovecraftian babble about it. It's going to show us all the truth of the universe. They'll show us a new universe. Yeah. 
Tony tries to blast the machine, but it's got like a force field around it. It's a force field made of pure energy. Pure energy. It's unbreachable. Which doesn't mean anything. No, 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 no. Oh, it means it's unbreachable. It means nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the like backfire from that sends Dr. Selvig flying and he bonks his head. So whenever he comes to, he's going to be fine. Yeah. And you can see that Tony Sue is pretty beat up. He's having trouble staying in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Loki is also here. And there's also a scene where uh, Maria Hill confronts Nick Fury and says the those cards weren't in Coulson's jacket. They were in his locker. Yeah. And- and you you definitely got them out of the locker and spilled some stage blood yeah, on them. Yeah, I was going to say, what, how much just red corn syrup does Nick Fury have lying around? I know. To make the, He's a spy. To make the cards look bloody. He's got stuff. Phil Coulson is looking down from heaven and be like, oh, no, man, those are worth so much money. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the real reason he's so traumatized when he comes back. He knows that his very valuable trading cards got ruined. Oh, man, now I wish that was a subplot <laughs> in a shield. <laughs> Just he comes up to, I mean, Nick Fury's, is he even in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? He shows up in two episodes. Okay, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. he should have been pissed at him for ruining his trading cards. He should be like, sir, you owe me, you know, I, I need to be reimbursed for the trading cards you ruined. He's like, all right, yeah, fine, they're cards. How much are they worth? Well, about $18,000. That's literally nothing to Nick Fury. I guess that's true. <laughs> he does have all the money. He's got every money. Yeah. Uh, but Tony and Loki go into uh, the penthouse in Stark Tower and start having a conversation. Uh, Tony is being very casual, but is insisting that he is here to threaten Loki while he pours himself a drink and offers Loki one. Yeah. Uh, we get, like, all of the dialogue from the trailer in this scene. It's a good It's a good, it's scene. A good scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where he's, you know, explaining, you're like, yeah, yeah, we're the Avengers, we're its mightiest heroes. Uh, yeah, you kind of goofed us up a little bit, but we are going to punch you very hard unless you surrender right now. Yeah, the, he's promising that even if uh, they ultimately lose this battle, yeah. they will be coming for Loki. He will not live to see the throne. Right, they kind of, they, they give a line that tries to justify the name the Avengers because he explains that even if they can't save the world, they will avenge it. And that, like, Loki needs to think about the fact that even if he wins today, the Avengers are going to be gunning for him until they get him. Uh, and he does name Phil Coulson as an Avenger. Does he? Okay, yeah. You pissed off one other guy. His name was Phil. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this whole scene is like Tony stalling because Jarvis is trying to finish up the Iron Man Mark Seven suit. Yeah. Tony, like, puts some, like, metal wristbands on that are, you know, some part of the suit in some way. I guess I like, call the thing to him. Uh, yeah. But uh, eventually Loki, like, throws Tony out the window and then... Yeah, he tries to mind control Tony, but oh, right. the arc reactor gets in the way. Yeah, light. he... Po- <sighs> I like the moment where he pokes him in the arc reactor and the mind control doesn't work. <laughs> but then they go... Like, they put too much, like... They, they gild the lily because then Loki's like, this usually works. And they make, like, a male impotency joke. It's like, no, it was a what funny joke. You guys you didn't need to do all that. You, you killed it. I don't know. Yeah, so Loki throws Tony out the window, yeah. but then the Mark Seven suit comes flying out and attaches to him in mid Right, the Mark Seven suit is like a missile that launches itself at Tony and then transforms into the suit around him. Yeah. It, it's, and it scans his bracelet so it knows where to go. It's like fancier than, than Iron Man 2. I think I like the briefcase better, though, still. The briefcase was very cool. I like the bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then other things happen. <laughs> Yeah, then the, the portal opens and the Chitari come in. Right. 
Uh, I think there's a line at some point where Loki, uh, where Black Widow says that they're on their way, and Tony's like, "Why did you take so long? Would you get drive through?" Yeah, he just say that. Between Tony, uh, Black Widow, and Hawkeye, who do you think is like? I mean, Steve is probably McDonald's, 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 right? No, I think Steve is. We have food at oh, home. Oh, you're right. He is. We have food at home. Black Widow's Black Coffee. Black Coffee. Yeah, Black Widow, Black Coffee for sure. Does that make Hawkeye McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's? I'm pretty sure I've literally made this chart. <laughs> you almost certainly have. <laughs> I can I can look it up. <laughs> Go for it. Hawkeye probably okay. also feels pretty black coffee to me. Uh, yeah, I think I put him. Oh, man. I gotta search through my media. All right. Well, while you do that, I guess I'll continue explaining what happens in this film. They all run out into the city. Uh, the Chitauri are descending on New York. The street is burning. It's chaos everywhere. These weird CGI robo men jump off of a weird CGI robot flying dragon worm and start shooting everybody. It's pandemonium, Crystal. Yeah, it is the capital of hell. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um, they've got, like, these weird, like, flying jet skis they fly around on. Thor confronts Loki at some point. He does do, like, a body slam to him that's pretty good. Like, picks his body up and just throws it on the ground. Uh, Loki stabs him. It's, listen, it's action time. It's action time? It's a good fight. It's a pretty good I fight. I like it. I don't think it goes too long. I, I do think it goes too long. I get bored for big chunks of this okay 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 i have the chart okay what do you got so the top of the we have food at home is black panther okay uh just left of that into the black coffee side is uh black widow okay okay just right of black panther to the mcdonald's side is captain america all right sure and then further down the mcdonald's side is scarlet witch Mm -hmm. thor Mm -hmm. ant-man and then finally hulk yeah, I feel Ant-Man... I don't know, Ant-Man seems pretty strongly in the McDonald's corner to me. Yeah, th- this is to the McDonald's oh, okay, corner. okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, then to the left, back over to the Black Coffee, goes uh, Quicksilver, Iron Man, mm-hmm. Hawkeye, and then Nick Fury as pure Black Coffee. Okay, okay, sure. This was a good, productive use of our time. <laughs> what a good podcast uh, we I make. I can give you a couple other Marvel charts. Uh, you know, maybe we can come back to those another episode. Uh, I mean, I have them here. What else you got? <laughs> uh, let's see. The So... My two axes are Family Guy, The Simpsons. Okay. And All Women Are Queens, If She Breathes, She a Thought. Okay. Family so you're Guy, saying, wait, All Women Are Queens. This is a two dimensional graph with those as the axes? Yes. All right, continue. Uh, so, Family Guy, All Women Are Queens is The Hulk. Uh-huh. All Women Are Queens is Thor. All Women Are Queens, The Simpsons is Captain America. Okay. Uh, neutral Family Guy is Hawkeye. True Neutral is Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Neutral Simpsons is Black Widow. Okay. Yeah. Family Guy, if she proves she a thought, is Quicksilver. I hate this. Neutral, if she proves she a thought, is uh, The Vision. This is miserable. And The Simpsons, if she proves she a thought, is Iron Man. Great. We good? I mean, I can do more if you want. <laughs> I don't. If you want. I very much don't. <laughs> Uh, here's a couple other axes. Okay. Retweet to prove a point. Horny on Maine. Uh-huh. Uh, quote tweets Trump shit posts. Now, can you put together like a hypercube graph that puts like all of these different axes on one graph? I cannot. Well, that seems. I mean, can't or won't. Uh, can't and won't. All right. Anyway, Loki stabs at Thor and then jumps onto one of the flying jet skis. Uh, the Jatari are running amok throughout New York. Captain America has a moment where he talks to some cops and gives them instructions. They're like, hey, hey, we're New York cops. Why would we listen to you, buster? And then he beats up some Jatari, and then they listen to him and do what he says. Yeah. 
eventually, Bruce Banner shows up as a giant flying worm monster rushes at them. And we get probably the best scene of the movie, right? Best line in the movie, yeah, at least. That, oh, easy. Easy the best scene yeah, of the yeah. movie. Because uh, Bruce just starts casually walking towards this worm. And Steve says, like, Doctor, it might be a good time for you to get angry. And Bruce says, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. And then he hooks out. And he punches back the space worm. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. And all the debris starts flying around them. And then they're all gathered in a circle as the camera spins around them. Yes. kind of. And the, the music swells up and the Chitauri are warring at yeah, them. Yeah, it's, it's the big hero shot of the movie. It's like the... I feel like I have seen that one shot so many times since 2012. Like, that's the representative yes. shot from this film. It's very Anytime good. Anytime there's, like, a still from this movie, it's a still from that shot. It's a good shot, but I feel like I've just seen it too many times now. Yeah, and throughout this whole fight, like, they make sure to show that the Avengers are actively trying to save civilians. Yeah, which is a good touch. Like, helping them evacuate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting them out of the buildings. Yeah. I do like there is also a scene that feels very comic booky to me, which is all the cops just shooting at the Chitari with their pistols. Yeah. That feels very like Golden Age Superman comics to me, you know? So, uh, during the sh- scene where the space whale is falling, th- there's a part where you can see like a bit of its flesh mm-hmm. popping out of its armor. Yeah. And that flesh is like weirdly low resolution. Y- yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm talking about? I don't see the exact scene you mean, but I, I, I get, I get the idea. It's like weird. I don't know. Yeah. That just stands out to me for some. I mean, reason. this is a very big CGI of Palooza. I can imagine like one bit of one shot getting kind of goofed up. Yeah, something I like about this movie, it's so it's shot in a 16 by 9 aspect ratio, mm. which is pretty unusual for modern films. Okay. And like the way scenes are like framed and shot and lit kind of makes it feel like a big budget TV film. Yeah, you're right. It kind of does. A lot of people don't like that, but I kind of do. Yeah, I don't have a strong feeling on it either way. I got nothing for you. (laughs) Well, I like it. All right, cool. Uh, around this time is when we get the shot I was talking about earlier that is my favorite shot of the movie, which is just this very long take of, like, Iron Man's flying through the city, like, dogging guys and fighting them. He lands and, like, fights back-to-back with Captain America for a few seconds before taking off again. He, like, flies past Hawkeye, who's shooting arrows at guys. And, like, the camera zooms out to show Thor and Hulk fighting on top of a worm. It's a really cool moment that, like... It's very cool, like, cinematic, like, cinematographically. That's a hard word to say. And, uh... Yeah, no, this... I think this fight does a really good job of giving everyone an appropriate job. Yeah, definitely. But I just like that one shot that, like, really pulls everything together and shows them... Even if they're not right next to each other, they're all, like, fighting as a team, and you get to see it, like, visually. It's a really good moment. It's great. Yeah. This is a pretty good movie. Yeah, I mean, this battle like is the movie really yeah and like i said i I, even though i do like parts of this fight i personally feel like it drags on a little too long and i wish that again it this is my personal taste more than anything else i wish there was more of them sitting around talking on the helicarrier boy do i have a movie for you (laughs) yeah avengers age of ultron no (laughs) no because they fight on that floating city for forever Ah, oh, Luke, it's such a good movie. That's even better than this oh, one. Oh, God, we'll get to it. <laughs> Maybe I'll also, watch it Also, Metal Gear Solid 5 has good cinematography. Um, oh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid V. I, I think I agree with that, sure. 
I think there's some scenes where the camera lingers around a little too long, but I, I like it basically. And it felt like unique at the time, you know? Punished Snake is spends that whole game basically in a dissociative episode. Yes. And the cinematography aids that feeling so much. You're right. I Yeah. Listen, Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, is a weird story. That I'm calling you out, Jackson. Yeah, you're really just, the yeah. the Mapping Network. You're really trying to pick a beef with the, the host of the Amory score. Yeah, we need some cross-network rivalry. Yeah? You, you want to... You want to create our own Infinity War? Yes. Crisis on Infinite Podcast Networks? Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the Avengers are all fighting real good, but it kind of doesn't matter because they are f- like six people against an entire army. And uh, you do get some scenes of like them starting to get exhausted. Hawkeye's running out of ammo. Uh, and they kind of need to close up the giant blue butthole in the sky to stop all the monsters from pooping out of it. Yeah, so Natasha gets up there to go do that. Right. But the thing is that the XCOM Council is back, and they do not approve of the Avengers because they're not... Manhattan's getting ed up by giant space worms, and they want to just more nuke... keep coming. They want to nuke New York City before the aliens can spread further than this, which, uh... That's that's not great. Why don't they just fly a nuke into the wormhole? Well, that does sound hard to do. Okay, but that would save literally millions of people. Yeah, but it sounds hard to do. It's what do we give the military billions of dollars for? <laughs> I mean, that's a great question that's beyond the scope of this podcast. Like, come on, at least do the thing right. that you're supposed to do. Yeah, Nick Fury refuses to order the jet with the nuke on it, but it ends up taking off anyway. Someone, like, yeah. you know, overrode him. Uh, Natasha figures out with the unbrainwashed Dr. Selvig that they can use Loki's staff to penetrate the barrier around the machine and turn the Tesseract off. At some point in all Hawkeye this... Hawkeye fires an arrow at Loki, yeah. and Loki catches it and gives kind of a smug face like, oh, come on, did you expect that to hit me? Right. And then the arrow blows up. Yeah, then it explodes, and he goes crashing into the penthouse on Stark God, Tower. you're right. Loki is such a punk in this movie. He just gets clowned on constantly. <laughs> He's supposed to be like the big scary bad guy in the movie, but every scene is just him getting shit on. <laughs> he never wins like once. The only like his side wins one time because of Hawkeye, not him. Yeah. <laughs> All Loki ever accomplishes in this movie is stabbing Phil Coulson. He he stabs Thor once, but Thor doesn't seem all that bothered it. by it. it. It's a minor no. inconvenience. Yeah, so Loki crashes back into the room that he and Tony Stark were talking right, in. Right, and the Hulk jumps in, and Loki just has a little temper tantrum where he's like, I am so fucking done with today. You all suck. Leave me alone and let me win, please. <laughs> <laughs> let me win, please. That's basically what he's saying to the Hulk. Yeah. And then the Hulk just picks him up by the leg and does, like, the Looney Tunes, like, smashing him back and forth over his head. I love the part where he, like, pauses for a second like he's done and then just keeps doing it. Yes. And then he just kind of walks away while Loki is just gasping for air in this crater in the floor. He goes, puny god. This is pretty good. The Hulk is very very good good in this movie. Yeah, Natasha and Selvig figure out they can close the portal if they stick the scepter in there. Right. But then Tony Stark informs them that there's a nuke coming, and they gotta get take care of that first. Right. 
So this uh, jet launches the nuke. Tony grabs onto it with the Iron Man suit, and he has decided he is going to fly the nuke through the wormhole uh, so that it explodes without harming anything in New York and hopefully blowing up a whole bunch of Chitauri. There's a scene that stands out to me because it feels like it cut a little too early hmm. where Hawkeye like turns around and shoots a Chitauri behind him. Uh-huh. But like there's there's a a good half second of him just like standing still waiting for the director to say action. <laughs> there's also a very good scene where Natasha jumps on the back of a Chitari, stabs a knife into both of its shoulder blades, and then uses her knives to steer him to steer the jet ski. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's a very bayonetta move. Um but Tony flies the nuke up into the wormhole. And there's just a giant, like, battleship up there that all the Chitauri are pouring out of. And he lets the nuke, like, drift up to them. I guess he still hasn't made the Iron Man suit work for space yet. No, he hasn't really had to. No. Uh, Like, I assume he does, like, filter and breathe the air, but there's no air here. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't immediately die, but it's clear that, like, this is not a situation he was prepared for. No. Uh, He kind of immediately just sort of loses control and just starts drifting back down toward the wormhole. Yeah. Luckily, he does fall through it right before it closes up. Right before all the debris falls in it, too. Yeah. Yeah, and as it closes, the nuke explodes and wipes out the rest of the Chitari. Yeah. Which, and okay. Like, well, it explodes before the wormhole closes, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see, like, the Chitari lost their Wi-Fi signal. Yes. And they all just slump over. Which, I, mm, I, I don't... So the whole idea of this movie is that the Earth has the Avengers, which means that, you know, the aliens miscalculated and the Avengers are very strong and can beat up their cool space monsters. But also one nuclear bomb was enough to wipe out the entire army. Seems like that's weird. Well, I mean, the nuke kind of came out of nowhere and they weren't prepared for it. Like, if you tried to get a spaceship up on them, they could probably shoot you down. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It did. This is very cinema sinsy and I... I get mad at myself every time I realize I'm doing that. But part of me is like, oh, well, they didn't. They're not that big of a threat if one bomb is all it takes to wipe out their whole army. We have a lot of those, Crystal. Yeah, maybe Earth isn't as puny as Loki told Thanos. Right. It just, but like, the. What this movie's putting forward is it's not puny because of the Avengers, but like, nah, man. We got. If, if nukes are what it takes, we got lots of those. Why don't they just nuke Thanos? I mean. Th- this movie makes me wonder, why don't they just nuke Thanos? Why don't they just nuke Ultron? Pro- yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> it's because nukes are bad, Luke. I, I thought you were a Metal Gear I fan. mean, I am. And I'm all about nukes being bad, but maybe don't make... Like, cause this whole thing is, oh, they're nuking a civilian population. That's bad. But then they yeah. use the nuke to win the war, and that's good. I don't know. It's a weird moment to me. I don't know. It's fine to me. All right. Fair enough. Like I say, it's not like, I don't hate this movie because, oh, they blew him up with a nuke. It's just a moment of like, wait, what? Oh, what? Um, Tony crashes into the street where everyone was fighting and... Uh, wait, why don't they use nukes in Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, they're out in space. They might not have nukes. Oh, so like only Earth has nukes? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Tony crashes down to the street and uh, the, like Hulk roars to wake him up. Hold on, Luke. One more thing. Yeah, what's up? Do you think they only finished the Manhattan Project because of the Tesseract? Uh, I'm trying to think of how the, that timeline adds up. Maybe? Oh, when did they finish the Manhattan Project in real life? Uh, let me look it up. 
Manhattan Project. That happened in... It was disbanded in 1947, but I mean, obviously they had... When did they, when did they finish the design for the atomic bomb? I mean, I'm not going to skim this very long Wikipedia page to find that date. Well, I am. All right. When was the first atom bomb built? That was July 16th, 1945. Okay. So that, that lines yeah. up. Okay. They might have used the Tesseract to build nukes in the Marvel continuity. Yeah. So that's how... That's why only Earth has that it. That makes sense. Uh... Anyhow, Tony, like, wakes up on the ground. He is, like, so beaten up that he can't really move. And he's just, like... Yeah, the Hulk catches him in the air as he's Oh, that's falling. right. Yeah, yeah. It's Because it's, the Hulk's his best friend. He's good buddies with the Hulk. I like the Hulk in this movie. The Hulk's so good. And, like, I, I I am to understand that Thor Ragnarok is kind of a Hulk movie as much as it is a Thor movie. But it, bu- it bums me out we have not gotten more Hulk movies. Make a Hulk movie. Make Hulk 2. Just make the Incredible Hulk 2 at this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tony wakes up and he's like, yay, we won. Gosh, I just love the idea that like the Hulk, like Captain America tells Hulk to smash and the Hulk gives a big smile because finally he can use his smashing for good and be a hero. There are moments like the Hulk's part of this. Have you seen the Lego movie? I have not. Okay. Uh, then I'm not going to use the example I was going to use, but the Hulk is just, there's like almost a montage of the Hulk just beating random dudes up that I like a lot. It's like he's, there's like a space worm flying towards an office building and then it cuts to inside the office building where the Hulk is charging through it to burst out the window and like grab that guy out of the air. He's a big strong boy and he's my son and I love him. I love the Incredible Hulk. (laughs) Like of the Avengers, he is probably my favorite superhero. So again, bums me out. He only has gotten one solo movie and it's not very good. Uh, Tony quips a bit because they won and the day is saved and everything's good and happy. And then Loki wakes up and immediately sees Hawkeye pointing a bow at him yeah. with all the Avengers standing behind him. Right, and Loki just kind of... And the Hulk gives a big mean face. Yeah. And Loki just kind of... T- a big green mean face. Loki just kind of turns to Tony and says like, can I have that drink now, please? Like, <laughs> Loki sucks and I love it. <laughs> He's not a good bad guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, if someone came in here with a better plan, they would have won. Right, like, Loki's a fucking loser. But um, Nick Fury talks to the XCOM council one more time uh, about how, like, they just have made, like, a sh- this whole fight was, like, a shot across the bow, and now everyone in space knows that you can't fuck with Earth, because we got the Aven- Avengers. Um, I don't know, it's, it's the denouement. Everyone's happy. Thor takes Loki and the Tesseract back to Asgard. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else happens here. They, we get yeah. So I think a very important thing they do yeah. in this movie is they disassemble the Avengers when the fight is over. Mm. Because the mistake they make later is they Captain America basically makes the Avengers into a standing army I see. when they really don't need to be. Right. And being that just attracts unnecessary attention. Uh-huh. And then people start trying to take over the Avengers. I see. Yeah, Nick Fury talks about how he is deliberately not tracking them for once because they've earned some time off. And, like, they'll show up when we need them because we need them to. Uh, yeah, the Avengers work well when they are assembled for very specific situations. Right. But, you know, Tony is, like, doing some remodeling in the destroyed Stark Tower, and the camera zooms out to show that all the letters have fallen off of it except for the A. Now it's the Avengers Tower. Now it's Tower. the Avengers Tower. And every world knows that if you attack us, the Avengers are going to kill you good. Yep. And then credits, right? Yeah. yeah. 
we get a mid credit scene, which is the other talking about like, oh man, we really goofed this one up. Earth's real cool. If you if you tried to fight Earth, that would be like courting death. And then we finally see the scary man himself, Thanos. He turns and grins at the camera because, oh, he heard courting death. And as we all know, that's what Thanos is all about. And when Thanos finally gets a movie, it's going to be all about him courting death because of this teaser, right? Mm, I got some bad news. <laughs> what, 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 huh? Courting death is too goofy. Uh, well, there's like a... Instead, but, let's but, make it uh, overpopulation. But there's like... These movies have like Thor in them? Uh, well, what if he was a sad dad? But, like... What if, what if like, he was an incredibly abusive father, uh-huh. but he felt kind of bad about it? But, but like, these movies have a guy... Like, the, the, the superheroes in this movie were motivated by bloody trading cards. Yeah, what if we sort of uh, exploitatively linger on the suffering of his daughters? But, like, Scarlet, Scarlet Johansson has, like snapped at least three necks with her thighs uh, this was a very good post mid credit scene yeah yeah like it 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 pays off the m plot <laughs> of the movie <laughs> and you know it sets up a very interesting potential threat for the future movies. so I, I agree it's pretty good when i first saw this movie i didn't know about this because i just skipped to the end to see like oh what's the end of the credits thing and i liked it at the time that there's i only knowing about the end end credit scene because it was like, oh, what are we setting up next? What's the next adventure going to be? And it's like, no, they're just very tired and eating food together quietly. <laughs> and it's a very yeah. good coda to it. Yeah. Like, just no dialogue. They're all just eating in silence in this half-destroyed restaurant. I like the Captain... So, the reason Captain America has a hand on his face is because Chris Evans uh, had a beard while they were filming the scene uh-huh. and they had to cover it up. <laughs> But I like the idea that he tried the shawarma and is like, eh, it's not that good. Right. <laughs> and that's that's the Avengers. Marvel's the Avengers. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good fun. I like this movie. It's yeah. it's not um I don't think it like is like transcendentally good or anything, but it is a fun action movie from start to finish. Yeah. And that is more than most of these movies can say so far. What what letter grade did you give this movie, Crystal? Um you know, previously I might have given it an A. Okay. Now I'm thinking maybe a, a little bit lower. Okay. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, we gave Thor a B, right? Yes. I do think it's. You think it's as good as Thor? I think it's better than Thor. Okay. Um, because I, I think I agree. Because Thor's thing was that it had one very solid character arc, but like the thing we dinged it for was all the secondary characters kind of didn't get much to do. Yeah. This movie does much better with that because it has to. Yeah. This movie has a lot of different arcs going. Yeah. On. I think this movie suffers a little from being a little overcrowded because it has so many arcs that it can't get any, like, good central ideas. It can allude to a lot of stuff, but not, like, develop it as fully as I'd like it to just because it straight up doesn't have the time. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking, like, B plus, A minus, somewhere in there. That's, that's about what I was thinking. Yeah. Do you think it's four-star film or a five-star film? If we're putting it in that context, I'd say four-star film. I enjoyed watching it. I would watch it again, but it's not, it would never be on like one of my like all time favorite movie lists or anything like that. You know, it was a good fun movie. Yeah. I'm thinking about the border of the stars, but do higher on the border or lower on the border. You know what? Here's what I'll say. Why don't we give it a B plus so that we give them room to grow from here? Let's let's say that let's let's give them room to, to get higher than this. Okay. 
Let's say B plus. We're going to agree six times in a row. We sure are. We know it's going to stop at some point. We have to watch Age of Ultron eventually. Yeah, but what if I convince you like Age of Ultron? I will be surprised. (laughs) But you know, hey, I watched that movie like two years ago. I'm a different person than I was then. Who knows? What's the next movie on the list? Is it Thor 2? No, it's Iron Man 3. Oh, really? I didn't realize that was that soon. Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to that one because people talk about it very highly. And what little I know about it, it sounds like it's going to address the problems I've had with the last two Iron Man movies. Yeah, kind of does. I'd say probably. I mean, I don't know. I haven't rewatched it in a while. Sure, yeah. It might turn out that it's bad. Maybe. But, you know, let's let's keep our hopes up. You know, they've... They, I would say the last three movies have been at least decent. Captain, yeah, they've been the best ones. Captain America is okay. Thor is actually good. And this is actually good. Uh, Luke, where can people send us questions They can send online? us questions online to mcucompletemy at gmail.com. Or they can wait for you to tweet out, in all caps, you know, ask me questions about X movie, and then respond to that tweet. Okay. See if we got any emails at mcucompletemy at gmail.com. First one comes in from Lachlan. Okay. Since Marvel is trying to get the rights to the Fantastic Four back, how do you think it will be until we get God King Doom? Uh, I assume that's like a Doctor Doom thing? Yeah, it's the, have you, you know, the Secret Wars comic storyline? I've heard of it, and I know that, like, that's originally where the Venom symbiote came from, but that's all I know about it. Oh, no, the the new Secret Wars. Oh, I know nothing about it. Oh, so basically, the Ultimate Universe crashed into the mainstream universe. Okay. And the multiverse broke. Okay. But it's okay, because Doctor Doom saved bits and pieces of all the universe, and he formed Battle World. Okay. I know nothing about... Okay, maybe this is similar. I know I've heard someone talk about a Doctor Doom storyline. It sounded like a cool, like, moment. Like, cool, but also stupid in a comic book way, where Doctor Doom ends up at, like, some nexus of multiverses where uh, there's, like, a bunch of dead Doctor Dooms that all fought each other for supremacy, and, like, he grabs two different Infinity Gauntlets and puts one on each hand, and then, like, is, like, just looking out over the stars or whatever. That sounded like a dumbass but cool thing. I think that's the one it's probably from. All right, yeah. Yeah, when do you think they'll do that movie? Huh. Yeah, like, the longer they take to get the rights to some of those stories, the, like, weirder they have to kind of, like, Tetris them into what they've got already. Like, they couldn't just do Spider-Man. They had to do this whole thing where, like, Spider-Man is a kid growing up in the world of the Avengers, you know? Uh, I have a very firm idea of when they'll do this movie. I think the incursions will be Avengers uh, 7, and then Avengers 8 will be Secret Wars the next year. Okay. See, I would think that... I don't know exactly how they do it, because, like, Infinity War teased Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. Like, in my head, if I was trying to figure out how to work the Fantastic Four into this, you're going back into space with Captain Marvel, I would almost say make it like the Fantastic Four were on their, like, you know, fateful space flight and, like, fell in a wormhole or something, and, like, you tease them in the Captain Marvel movie, and then they get home at some point in a future movie. They're not They're not going to have the rights for by the time Captain Marvel releases. Don't they? Didn't Disney like buy Fox? Yeah, but that deal hasn't like been fully gone through I yet. I gotcha. I gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, I I feel like that's kind of the shape of how you would do that though. Like make it so the Fantastic Four are lost in space and have them cross over with some spacefaring stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain Marvel or something, and then have them get back to Earth maybe for an Avenger time. Yeah. 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 
Uh, they that would be good if they get like that's good they're getting those because boy does it suck they haven't been able to put Doctor Doom in any movies. Yeah, it's like that's that's the thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that the best Marvel villains are Magneto and Doctor Doom, and they haven't had the rights to either of them. No, they haven't. No. It's a bummer. Anyway. Um, I mean, is it worth it? What do you mean? Is it worth having the Monopoly? I mean, no, not at all. But I mean, it, that's happening regardless. You may as well try and find the silver linings where you can as we're all crushed under like the three companies that own everything. Yeah. I'm a, I am completely powerless to stop Disney from consuming the world. Uh, Jasmine sends an email. Mm -hmm. Ladies get done dirty by this damn series. Oh, Pepper just silently disappeared off screen. Yeah. Oh, Jane just fucked off back to Disney World. Yeah. Blarg. Also, hey, let's check out this let's shove Harry Potter into the setting and have him mix things up fic. Heroes assemble. And then she she links to the fan fiction. Okay, okay. Uh, excuse typos. Anyway, give Natalie Portman a winged horse. Give Gwyneth Paltrow a medic-based Iron Man suit. Anyway, later, friends. Love, Jasmine. Great. Uh, is the Natalie Portman... Yeah, Natalie Portman's character is, like, a Thor character, right? Yeah, she's Thor. God of Thunder. Oh, that's right. They made her Thor now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's... They should... I, listen, I like Crims Hemsworth. They should kill him off and have the Lady Thor happen. I don't think they should kill him off. I... Okay. Like, he's not He's not dead during the Lady Thor. Is he, he not? Is, okay, I don't know comics. He, he uh, releases the name Thor and just calls himself the Odin son. Oh, I see. I feel like with the way Infinity War happened the thing that it what i would want to see out of like infinity war 2 or whatever they're calling it now is the five main avengers like bring all the people that got killed off back but they they're like that's their last movie like they get a nice cool send off maybe they don't get killed off you know but that's like they're done and you make room for like either new iterations of those heroes or new heroes that are like similar in role you know just because yeah. i would i would want to see them refresh stuff i think they're doing that like they're building new status quos with dr strange and black panther yeah yeah for sure and yeah and with how huge black panther was they're they're gonna make black panther a big deal in the future oh yes. yeah that's still mm, i didn't even see infinity war and i still feel like it's real dumb that they killed off a bunch of characters that already had sequels announced like yeah and then they came out to like oh no those are permanent deaths we're not kidding around like fuck you we're not stupid i like you're bringing black panther back you already told me you are i don't know but what if every sequel is set before infinity war well uh, i no (laughs) again well yeah no even if they were originally gonna kill off black panther for real that movie made too much money for them to stick with that idea that would have been a fucked up thing. To yeah, do. Uh-huh. I don't think that was their plan. Right. Now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want them to go this way, just because I like. I'm bad with names, but the actor that plays Spider Man, I like him. Tom Holland, is that it? Okay, mm-hmm. he's a good Peter Parker. If they wanted to kill him and like do a My- Miles Morales Spider Man, I could see them doing that. But also, I don't want them to do it yet because I like Tom Holland. Uh, also, like you, you don't need to kill right. off. You could just have multiple Spider Mans. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing that movie, too. That's true. That movie looks cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think, we, I don't think we're going to read the Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Jasmine. Thank you for linking us, but I'll probably never read probably that. Probably not, no. But yeah, they do, they, they do seem bad about their female characters in these movies. 
Yeah, Andrew writes in, why early MCU won't criticize the military extra canonically? This is out of MCU canon and just real world background. Okay. The reason that all the movies so far have been able to do so much military stuff, but not actually criticize the military, is because they were working with the DOD and the Pentagon Entertainment Section, which gave them money and the ability to use real military planes, bases, etc. for their films. But because of this, and the fact that the military is so insecure, they will not allow even light criticism of the U.S. military, which leads to the running trends of America is never in the wrong, and actually only the good guys. They stopped cutting the MCU checks after the Avengers, because the military didn't like the implication that they couldn't defend America, (laughs) and needed a bunch of magic men to do it. (laughs) That's, uh, wow. And the DOD is a bunch of whiny piss babies who weren't sure if S.H.I.E.L.D. outranked them in this fake government hierarchy, and they really hated that. (laughs) Sorry for winding up as long as it did, and I'm enjoying the show a lot so far. Thank you, Andrew. I knew the first half of that email. I did not know the second half. I didn't know any of that. That explains a lot and also makes me mad and also good. Fuck the DOD. I'm glad they got mad about an imaginary government organization. What? (laughs) Yeah, but but basically any movie where you see the military almost certainly has some degree of military funding. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And they do have rules about, like, how you can portray them. That is bad. I don't... Yeah, it's kind of messed up. Don't like it. No. Also does explain a lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hmm. Well, so this is the... So that's interesting. This is the last movie the DoD, like, helps fund. And then Iron Man 3 is a little... That, you know, again, I don't know how much, but it sounds like it's a little more cutting of the military industrial complex. Yeah, a little, a more. little more. Like, don't, I, I don't want to hype no, no, it up no, no. too I, much I, Listen, uh, my expectations are pretty low at this point for Iron Man actually, like, saying something. But it sounds like it, it tries a little harder. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the real military. I guess they don't. Like, it's all, the shield shows up, but not yeah. real military. Well, and that kind of, we've talked about this before. That's sort of well-timed because... Again, one thing the MCU does very well is making it feel organic that this world is shifting from being like a realistic portrayal of the real world to being a comic book world. Yeah. Like, actually, I wonder how they're going to handle that in Captain Marvel because she is in the Air Force. Oh, yeah. I don't know a ton about Captain Marvel, so. God, I'm still not over the military getting mad that the <laughs> Avengers <laughs> upstaged them. They're offended them. at the implication that the oh, U.S. Oh, God, military- now I remember that's actually a plot point in Iron Man 3. Wait, what, really? Yeah, Rhodey tells Tony, like, hey, the Air Force kind of embarrassed that they weren't able to defend New York, so you need to stay out of this one and get us a win. That's, wow. Okay. <laughs> Great. Man, that's dumb. We got any other emails? No, that's all the emails. We got a couple of Twitter questions if you'd like to read them. Yeah, we do. We got one from uh, Mikey who asks, is Loki the protagonist? No. He he is the villain. He's the villain, and he gets dumped on constantly, and I love it. Uh, There's not really, I mean, it's an ensemble movie, like it should be, so there's not really a protagonist. No, there's four. And, you know, that that has its own strengths and weaknesses. Like, I don't think anyone has a particularly... Like, I guess Tony's probably got the closest thing to, like, a very strong arc because he goes from, oh, he wouldn't sacrifice himself to he does the nuke thing. But, you know, again, I this movie is fun enough that I'm not mad at, like, that kind of thing with it. I'm engaged watching it enough that I'm not thinking about that kind of thing while I'm watching it. It does, a good, it does what it needs to do. What other questions we got? Jonathan asks, which Avenger is the hottest? Hmm. 
Thor just has a real good beard. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I mean, it is Thor Odinson. Yeah. Got cape. Not in this one, I don't think, ever. But He has a cape in this Does one. Does he? Okay. Of course. I don't remember. They're not going to take away his cape. Well, you know, it seems like he might get in the way while you're fighting. I thought it was more of a ceremonial cape. No, he has magic for okay. that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Cassandra asks, what are they avenging anyways? Well, Tony said that. You got to watch the movie. Yeah, they're avenging the Earth. Yeah, I mean, well, they're, well, or they're not, but they will if they fail. Yeah. They're avenging Phil Coulson. Yeah, that is true. Yes. Uh, Rosalind asks, does Groot fuck? I don't, I don't know much about Groot physiology. It seems like he reproduces asexually, though. Yeah, I, I don't think Groot has had sex. Yeah. I don't even know if he has, like, sex organs. He is naked all the time, and you don't see anything down there. But he is a weird alien, so the genitalia might not be where you expect him to be. I'm gonna say no. No. Rawl asks, is it the best Avengers movie? I mean, of the two I've seen, yes, absolutely. Of the two I- of the three I've seen, no. Okay, well, we're gonna fight eventually. The best Avengers movie is The Age of Ultron. <sighs> How many movies until Age of Ultron? So we got Thor 2, Iron Man 3, Captain America 2, and then- And Guardians. Oh, and Guardians. Okay, so it's- it's five movies away. We're halfway to fighting, finally. Uh, let's see, Caleb asks, which one of the one million plus timelines that Doctor Strange saw was the accursed timeline? So Doctor Strange is like the time stone in his movie, right? I don't, uh-huh. I haven't seen that movie, but I know that detail about it. So you're gonna have to explain this one to me. Uh, well, it involves Infinity War, actually. Oh, okay. I mean, you can spoil Infinity War for me. I don't care. On the one I basically one. know the plot of it. Okay. There's a point where Doctor Strange uses the time stone to look into the future uh-huh. to see all the possible outcomes. Oh, I see. And he sees like 14 million, uh-huh. but they only succeed in one. Oh, well, that's that's very bad odds, Crystal. Mm, it's no, no good. Uh, the Accursed Timeline he saw was the Accursed Timeline from The Legend of Zelda. Oh, like the one where Link dies? Yes, but it's more complicated than that. Listen to my podcast, The Book of Medora. Well, I mean, I I bought the Zelda encyclopedia, and I read the timeline part of it. The timeline in that one is uh, wrong and contradicts the timeline in the Hyrule Historia. Yeah, but as the newer publication, doesn't it override the previous iterations of the timeline? Hmm. Seems to me like you default to the newest information on it. Mm -mm. Also, I still very deeply love that they finally published a Zelda timeline, and then the next Zelda game they made seems to contradict it. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm I'm a big fan of the fact that Breath of the Wild doesn't seem to make any fucking sense with that timeline. Yeah, there's lots of ideas about where it's at. We have one on the Book of Medora podcast. Great. Did you ever publish that Everybody Loves Raymond episode we did? I it is set to publish uh, after we finished Twilight Princess. Great. That is that's kind of the episode zero of this show. Yeah, kind we went of. from Raymond to the Marvel Cinematic Universe somehow. I think that's all the questions that we got. Luke, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find a bunch of shows I do on Audio Entropy, like Totally Reprise or Let's Place. Those are the, the two main ones these days. Uh, you can also, uh, most Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Central, you can go to bit.ly slash silverpines to watch us stream Silver Pines, which is a an RPG stream that I do, uh, inspired partially by JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and other things also. There's not as much dog murder in my story. You can find me at Arcane Crystal on Twitter. You can find me at Audio Entropy on the Book of Medora podcast, the podcast where we discuss the lore of the Legend of Zelda series. You can find me and Luke on the Let's Plays podcast, where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. Uh, and if you like our podcast art, the illustrations on it were done by Matt Ferguson. You can find him at K 
cakesandcomics.com and buy his art. Yeah. Crystal go. Luke, you want to hear yeah. a Avengers joke? No, but I mean, I know I need to hear one to end this. Uh, this comes from funkidsjokes.com slash superhero dash jokes. Okay. What did Iron Man mm-hmm. name his musical band? What 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 did Iron Man name? H- heavy metal? Avengers Ensemble. That is barely a joke. You want I sure don't. We'll see you next time, everybody.